following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Lens. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Outside Lens. I am your host, Bam. I'm Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the tenacious, titillating Tyler Dean, back from the dead. Good. We are back. We are back. Yeah, bud. So um, a month and a half hiatus. That's okay. Alex Steele jumps in and fills in. And Alex may be joining us about midway through the show here. I know he's uh, a little busy. He's out on the road right now. But I'm so excited to have Tyler back on. Um, I know you missed me. Uh, yeah, the original. Back, back, ready to jam. Uh, we Alex filled in admirably for you. He really did. And last week we had Ramia on too, my buddy from uh, Vikings Twitter. He was oh, on. Did you re- nice, really? Yeah. Alex was Alex was a little outnumbered last week by us. Oh God, that's never good. Hey, hey, hey. That's never good. There's oh, Alex Steele. Alex is on board. Um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's been a, a, a quite a run here. We've we've had a, a hell of a hell of a season. So far, we're we're just over halfway, just over that halfway mark, and uh, Tyler is is back. So very excited to have you, Tyler. I know life has been been blasting us both in the face as far as babies go, and work goes, and life goes, and all all kinds of stuff. So very excited to have you back. Um, yeah, yeah, man. Welcome to the party. Thanks. Good, good to be time. here. I'm yep. talking about you, Alex. You've been here. Yeah, Alex. <laughs> Alex, you filled in admirably for Tyler. <laughs> yep. So yeah, I, I've, 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 I've been carrying the show on my back, and my lower back's killing me right now. Oh, come on. <laughs> I know, I, see, you know, Alex, I believe that. I believe that wholeheartedly. <laughs> it's bullshit. It's bullshit. Uh, we're, we're back. And, uh, like, you, you know the show's dying when you have two Vikings fans on it. Ouch. Oh, yeah. Oh, Ouch. <laughs> come on now. That, that, was, that was an interesting episode, and I say that I Interesting say that is, is the yeah, best was, word I could use. A, it's, yeah, it's... It was, it was different. It was different. It was different. Uh, uh, Rami is a character, man. He's he really yeah. is a character, but but uh, not not bad. First time podcast for him. So oh. a little little different. So we can we can cut the guy a little bit of slack. Sunglasses. Um, oh, <laughs> that's just mean. That's just outright. <laughs> oh, stop it. I mean, yeah, I tried making it your first and last too, but you're, you're, I'm still stuck with you. Yeah, he's, he's been an excellent addition as far as, uh, you know, Vikings Twitter went. He's a super nice guy on there. I always talk to him. He's one of the few people on Twitter I actually enjoy interacting with. Um, just a great dude. So I was super excited to have him on board. But uh, I'm glad to have the original back. Tyler, there's there's uh, nobody like you, my friend. So uh, it's not always a good thing, but uh, I'll take it. <laughs> You're never quite sure. But nope. we have some stuff to jump into, fellas. Um, we've got some scores to jump into. We've got uh, Tyler has has a little segment we're going to be doing in a little bit. Uh, Tyler's quick hits, so we'll be doing those. And uh, we got our rookie rankings, all the good stuff, all the regular stuff. Uh, so let's go ahead and get started. Are we ready for Week 10 scores? Let's Do get it, it done. All right, here are your scores for Week 10 in the NFL, starting with the Panthers and the Falcons. Panthers beat the Falcons here 25-15. to 15. Kind of a surprise. I expected a lot more out of Atlanta in this game. Panthers, you know, kind of showing some guts here, you know, uh, as far as their defense goes and shutting Atlanta down. And, you know, Atlanta seemed a little kind of off as far as, like, getting the run game going. I mean, this whole splitting carries thing. 
you have Cordero Patterson on the field, I understand he's coming off IR. I just don't understand the logic of, of not running Cordero Patterson. Am I the only one that really thinks that Arthur Smith may be the worst football coach in the NFL right now? No, I don't. I don't think you're. Uh, I don't think you're too far off the mark there, Scotty. Uh, I'll tell you, I, I did see some harebrained decisions. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't. I mean, Atlanta. You know, it, it's Atlanta and Carolina, so it's you know, it, it's not necessarily dead zebra, toothless lion situation. I mean, they were. You know, they did play against each other pretty hard, and it was a divisional rivalry. But you know. I don't, I don't see, you know, uh, good coaching decisions being made by this man. You know, Tyler, so part I mean, of it too is you got, you got Tyler Ajir who is a rookie. So I, I understand trying to get the rookie who's, who's looked decent in, 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 here and there at times. So I, I get it. I do get it. And, but I'm not going to put it all in the coaching. Yeah. There's been some tough calls there, but this team is not a team that has a significant ton of talent either. I mean, my, my thing is, does Tyler Algier give you your best chance to win? I, I mean, we're trying to win football games at the end of the day, and whether or not anybody wants to realize it, the Atlanta Falcons going into this game are actually fighting for the top of the division with the Tampa Bay Bucks. I mean, they're still in the mix, and here they are uh, uh, screwing the pooch, screwing around with, with Tyler Algier when you have Cordero Patterson, who's actually been super effective, and he was super effective throughout the first part of the season. I, I just I don't get it. Maybe it's just me. I just don't get it. It's just a silly, stupid decision um, not getting him involved. And I also think that, that Arthur Smith has no idea what in the hell to do with a number one receiver. He's clueless. I mean, like, you had Calvin. Think about the, the talent that this man inherited over the period of time. We talked about this last week. Think about the, the amount of talent that he inherited. Uh, and, and Calvin Ridley was a great example. You had Calvin Ridley. And what happened with Calvin Ridley? Didn't do shit with, under the Arthur Smith system. And now he's, he's you know, got traded and whatever else. He's going to be with the Jags next season, and that's all fine. But Calvin Ridley didn't get anything done when Arthur, Arthur Smith came by. And and now he's trying to run Tyler uh, uh, Algier here. And, you know, he can't get Cal, uh, uh, Kyle Pitts moving. I, I just – I don't understand Arthur Smith. I just – I think he's garbage. I don't think he has any uh, – I don't think he's great, but I mean I, I think it's unfair to call him the worst head coach, uh, coach in the league as long as Josh McDaniels is employed. Nah, that's a good point. That's fair. But, but he, he's got to be one of the worst, right? I mean he's got to be yeah. – I mean right near the edge there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, say, I'd, say, I'd say bottom three. Yeah, he, he really is. And then on the other end, you know, you got the Panthers. Panthers, uh, uh, Dante Foreman – I mean, he's a stud. I mean, can we yep. just point out the fact that Dante Foreman is going to wind up being the running back there in, in Carolina moving forward? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 the, the numbers certainly seem to point to that. Yeah. You know, he, he, as we've talked about on this show multiple times, you know, he had the, he had a perfect opportunity to flourish after Derrick Henry went down last year. Uh, and, you know, we're just we're going to keep seeing, you know, we're just going to keep seeing the rise of this kid. You know, he's getting into his prime as well as Right. So he had he had the experience to see, and now he's bringing it to a beleaguered Carolina squad that, quite frankly, really needed it after Christian McCaffrey skipped out. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Foreman, um, when when we start talking about like things like fantasy football next year, you're going to see him one of the top fantasy football picks coming out. I think he's going to go top three rounds. I think this guy is a stud as far as as uh, star running backs go, and I believe this guy is going to be a star, and I really hope like deep down that this doesn't turn into like an Alfred Morris situation, or you know, he is you know, 
outlandish amounts of numbers, and then we're over here like, oh man, well he got he got traded over here, and they never used him again. I, I really would like to see Foreman be a star, and I really think he has the capability and the talent. Um, and and actually, I also want to point out uh, DJ Moore coming alive here late in the season. Um, I don't think PJ Walker is the answer at quarterback, but DJ Moore has shown that he is number one receiver still. Uh, Tyler, what do you believe about DJ Moore? Well, DJ Moore is a stud. I mean, he's he's always has been. He's he's been great. He was great last year. I mean, anyone who drops him in fantasy is just a glorified idiot. Um, Wait, nudge, Alex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shut up, people. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're, that you know, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, Arrow. It's a total dupus to drop that guy. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. You know, but it, it, you know, he's it's starting to come together. You know, I think really the firing of their previous head coach really started turning the gears. You know, three and seven. Quarterbacks an issue, though. Yeah, well, I mean, oh, yeah, they definitely need a new quarterback for sure. Baker Mayfield surely isn't in the answer. And when he was headbutting his team, <laughs> with, you know, with no helmet on. You're sitting there going, uh, what the heck are you doing? I mean, you're basically asking to get a concussion. Like, what are you doing? Maybe he already had one. Yeah, he probably, <laughs> Perhaps he did. No, no, knowing Baker, he probably did. But uh, <laughs> it, the Falcons do wind up getting the W here, 25-15. Uh, moving on, Bucks and Seahawks. Bucks beat the Seahawks 21-16 in Germany. Uh, Tom Brady actually looked halfway decent in this game. Is Tom Brady coming back to life? Are we are we gonna start talking about a? Se- I know Tyler. I saw that big eye roll there. Is Tom Brady coming back? Is, is the this- thing is he he's not been bad all season. He's been second in yards all season. So this team is just garbage in general. It's not gonna matter how good he plays. I think Tom Brady is getting the yards and and he's he's throwing the ball effectively. But when we're talking about um, the red zone, I think it's more or less the red zone offense getting points has just they've been. Kind of tough to come by for the Bucks and, and getting in the red zone, and then they kind of bottom out. They get to the 15-yard line, they bottom out. They they can't really bring it home, uh, and that's kind of what I've been seeing all year. You're right, Tom Brady does, has been good all year. He hasn't thrown a lot of picks. He's he's getting down the field, but just not able to finish. And and I think that's that's kind of the problem that we're seeing uh, as far as Brady goes. Alex, do you think Tom Brady is uh, making the fiery comeback to being the goat this year? Not quite yet, but we are seeing embers. Uh, we're starting to see the embers come together. Uh, his receivers really need to, you know, get over their case of the drop skis. And a point that's also been brought up multiple times on the show, they need to stop abandoning the run with Leonard Fournette. You know, the guy looks like a bulldozer. He's no Derrick Henry, but, I mean, he's still a pretty formidable uh, running back. So, you know, I think if they get the running game going again, that can set up play action. So. Yeah, they- they got the run game going in this last one, over 150-plus yards of rushing between uh, Fournette and Rashad White, over 160, actually. And I think, honestly, that's that's the issue here. Is it's not that they're not getting the run game going. It's it's becoming quite clear that this team's going to be moving on from Fournette. Yeah, I think that, but I also – Fournette was the stud here and in this game until he had the pit, the hip pointer injury. Uh, he did he did injure himself. Rashad then, White had a, had, a, had a better game. Yeah, he did, he did. Ultimately, he had a better game. I know Fournette was uh, around the beginning of the third quarter, if I'm not mistaken. He was on the sidelines with dealing with a hip pointer, and he was out for the game. Uh, but but Rashad did have the better game. Um, they they are likely moving on from him. I'm a little surprised that it's Rashad White and not Keyshawn Vaughn. If I'm being honest, uh, I thought Vaughn was going to be the the next big thing over there, and I feel like they're kind of missing the bus on him. But White's a good runner. He's he's a good enough guy. I I don't know. If, he's going to be like a stud or anything like that. I, 
the jury's kind of still out there. So uh, my, my issue with Brady right now is he, the dude's second in the league in yards. I'm not going to take that away from him. The, my issue is is he has just as many passing touchdowns as Justin Fields. Yep. Yeah. That's my issue. Yeah. <clears throat> like I told you, we're getting down to the red zone there with him, and, and he's not bringing it home. He's not. Davis Mills is one touchdown behind him. Right. Matt Ryan is two behind. He's missed two games. Like, right. It's, you're, you're 100. I, I understand he's only thrown two picks, but only having 12 touchdowns thrown through 10 games is a problem. You're, you're 100% right, and that's been the issue. Is Like I said, they keep getting down the field, they get in the red zone, and then they bottom out in the red zone. Yeah, it's, it's, like, I, it's like I always say about defense. Everyone talks about um, yards allowed for, for team defense. Mm-hmm. It's all about the points. Yep. Points yep. Is, what drives, is, is what drives winning games. Right, exactly. And the Bucks just aren't doing that. Alex, what the hell is going on? Well, I just I just switched my uh, my voice over to uh, the, the hands free on my car. Oh, that, was, that was trash. Uh, yeah, uh, it, was trash. It, it sounds like hot garbage. But uh, any, well, uh, if it sounds like hot garbage, I better just put it back to what it was before. Yeah, it'd probably be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, right. There we go. Anyhow, phone came out of your butt. I am I am totally. <laughs> Not gonna fucking edit that out either. I'm just gonna leave it there. <laughs> no, just uh, leave it. <laughs> moving in with the Seahawks, though, uh, Kenneth Walker looked like shit in this game. Uh, he didn't get anything done. 17 yards on the ground. Uh, he had a 1.7 average. It was. He got saved in the receiving game. Yeah, he he. That was the only time he he was effective. He had 55 yards receiving on six receptions. They couldn't get anything going on the offensive side of the football. Geno Smith looked okay. Uh, they were throwing a lot in this game. It was like an, they did what the Bucks are doing. They were abandoning the run. And it wasn't effective. Uh, you got to let that offense run through Kenneth Walker. If you're not going to do that, there's a problem. I think they abandoned the run game way too early here. Um, and Seahawks wind up dropping one to, to the Bucks, 21-16 in Germany. I mean, just a mess for them. So we'll see if the Seahawks can bounce back next week. Moving forward, though, one team that bounced back in a big way, the Lions. They won their second in a row, 31-30 to over the Bears that come from behind victory. Um, you know, Boston Justin Fields, look, folks, we got to talk about Justin Fields, okay? And, and I'm going to make this abundantly clear to everybody. I understand there's a lot of you out there playing fantasy football, and you're excited because of the fact that Justin Fields is tearing it up on your fantasy squad. I understand that. I get it. Okay, but let's be clear. Justin Fields running for 160 yards on the ground, which is what everybody's excited about, and you got 16 points in your fantasy league about that, does not mean that it translates to him translates to him being an incredible player on the field. Okay, <coughs> point that out. They're he's saying hell, he's a hell of a hell of an athlete. He's a hell of an athlete. But but when we're talking about about fantasy points, let's put it like this. Okay, folks, I'm going to draw this. I'm going to put paint this picture for you. Justin Fields rushes for 160 yards. He gets 16 points. Patrick Mahomes throws for 400 yards. He gets 16 points. Who had more yards? Patrick Mahomes. Bingo. So so people are getting way too fired up about Justin Fields just because he's tearing up your fantasy team. Don't be alarmed by the fool's gold. Please, for the love of God, do not get you know uh, uh, swept up in that. Because that's what it is. It is fool's gold. And the I, problem I, is here, here's the problem, and I, I'll put it in. in I'll, I'll use the comparison here. Is that someone who knows the player well? Let's use Lamar as an example. Yep, I knew that was coming. 
Um, because it's the perfect example for what we're looking at here. And and what and what we're seeing here is in Lamar's first year, he played half the season, right? And his numbers were very similar to what we're seeing on Justin Fields right now. Mm-hmm. And we took and we said the same thing about him. If Lamar can't get his passing numbers up and his accuracy up, he's he's not going to be great in this league, right? And what happened that very next season? It was the MVP year. Right. Yeah, he broke he, he broke a thousand yards rushing, and, yep. and 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 you're not saying Fields is not allowed to run. We're not we're not, we're not saying that. The problem is we wouldn't be bitching about Fields if instead of twenty instead of twelve for twenty, it was sixteen for twenty. We wouldn't be having this conversation. The problem right. is he's just not accurate when he throws the ball. Yeah, and he's not, and that's that's my big issue. And, and, and he and he is well with the, he, he's played enough games where Lamar was already like tearing it up and on the MVP watch. Yep, and he's not having that same conversation with Fields. That was my gripe when it came to Lamar in his first season. That was your gripe when it came to Lamar in his first season. The passing accuracy has got to develop. He's got to be able to hit his receivers. The fact that Justin Fields is 12 for 20 for 167 yards, okay, he's 12 for 20. It doesn't tell me that he can throw the ball effectively. It tells me that he's... And it's not that it's just his one game. He's he's always this abysmal when it comes to his accuracy. Right. So, I mean, and it's, it's a going trend. So, all these Ohio State flunkies out there, uh, our good buddy Brandon Gunder... Um, all these Ohio State flunkies out there that are sitting around going, oh, my God, look how great Justin Fields is, da 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 da, da. We call him Bustin' Fields. Could he develop? Sure. But the <coughs> man can't throw the football. Okay? You know you used to put up those type of numbers? Because, and and uh, this is this is going to drive you nuts, Tyler, because I know you're going to hate it. You know who used to put up those exact type of numbers? Hmm. Tim Tebow. No, he didn't. Oh, he never, yeah. He never had games like this. Tim Tebow would go and run for a hundred some odd yards, and everybody would Fields go. Fields is already Fields is already better than Tim Tebow. But still, you oh, get wow. Tim Tebow used to do things like this, where he'd run for like a hundred yards, and everybody would go ooh la la, and he'd throw for like eighty yards. <laughs> everybody <laughs> would think world beater, and he's not. And this is what we're seeing out of Justin Fields. He's not a world beater. I can't sit here and say he's a world beater. Nope, he's not. Especially with especially with the receivers he surrounded himself with. I mean, if anything, the defense kept him in the game, even yeah. without Roquan Smith. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... <laughs> okay, it's yeah, something. I was right. He, he, Tim Tebow only had one game in his career over 100 yards rushing. Oh, he only he's, had... He's not even in the equation. T- Tebow's just garbage. Well, he's garbage. That's my point. It's like Tim Tebow used to run all over the place and everybody make a big deal out of him. And, and he wouldn't be accurate for shit. And, and everybody would be like, oh, well, look at Tim Tebow. Well, I'm, I feel like this is the Tebow effect. And so that's kind of where it is, I'm, but um, not not I, as I'm not, I'm not, not gonna a, let you disrespect. You can't. I'm I'm all for disrespecting Fields, but but comparing <laughs> to Tebow's is, is is too much disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll 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 allow that. <laughs> now, one, one guy I want to point out that actually had himself a decent game, <laughs> Mr. Ray Collins. I want to talk about Jared. <laughs> he went 19 for 26 for 236 and a touchdown. Mistake-free football. He managed the game. He did well. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown went off. Ten receptions, 119 yards in this game. He had himself a good game. So the Lions, they pull one out, getting some some uh, good play out of Jamal <laughs> Wood there. DeAndre Swift got the one touchdown. He didn't do much. But ultimately, the Lions pull one out. That's the second in a row. And they've got a couple tough matchups coming up. We'll talk about those soon. But the Lions get one, you know, get one uh, out the back door here. So that's a winner. Um, next up. Dolphins and the Browns. Dolphins dominate the Browns 39-17. Tua Tungavailoa, man, mistake-free football, but also three touchdowns on the day. He had himself a hell of a day uh, for the old Dolphins there. 
Not a whole lot of involvement from Jalen Waddle, weirdly enough. I'm I'm a little surprised by how Jalen Waddle hasn't been involved as much. Only four receptions for 66 yards. Uh, Tyreek Hill also was a little quiet on the day. He had a touchdown, but only five receptions, 44 yards. He spread the ball out a lot in this game, but he went 25 for 32 for 285. Pretty good game, not to mention this combination between Jeffrey Wilson and Raheem Mostert is exciting. Is it, uh, am I the only one that finds that to be exciting? I think I think having the dual threat at uh, running back is very effective for the Dolphins. Good pickup from San Francisco, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> obviously, Mostert is the number one. But would you consider Jeff Wilson Jr. to be the 1A or just the running back number two? I think Jeff Wilson is starting to take over the number one. I mm. think he's stealing it right out, of, out from under he, Raheem. He, he, he doubled Mostert in carries. Yeah. Oh. Doubled Mostert in carries, doubled Mostert in yards. They both had a touchdown. I think Mostert is more the complimentary guy to Jeff Wilson, <coughs> which is kind of weird because Mostert was the starter in San Francisco. Jeff Wilson was pretty exciting in this game, and I think that San Francisco didn't know what they had over there. But Mike McDaniel... Well, they, they, San Francisco's clearly proven they don't need him either, so that's that's a different story. I, yep. I don't think they don't need him, to be honest with you. I Everybody gets excited about CMC, and I'm just waiting for that guy to tear his ACL. I'm they got Debo. They, they, they got a, they got a he's, running back who plays receiver he's, he's, and receiver he, plays running back. Debo. Tell me, tell me I'm wrong. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but then they're both injury prone. Even Debo's injury prone. Then you got I a quarterback know. who then – you, then you got, then you got a, a guy who's just playing game-managing quarterback. Yeah, well, that's all Jimmy G has been his entire career. But I, I don't know. I, I like Jeff Wilson. I think he's a good running back. Uh, I'm excited about the dual threat here. And then on the Brown side, um, man – Talk about a rough game. Jacoby Brissett, he he was sort of accurate, but 22 for 35, 212, and a touchdown. <clears throat> uh, Nick Chubb, barely involved, only 11 carries in this game. I know he got hurt early on, wound up coming back. It was kind of a, a weird situation, but only but, 11. But his average still just tells the, tells the tale. The dude's insane. Oh, yeah. He's a monster. He's, he's leading the league still, if I'm not mistaken, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean... 11 carries, 63 yards. He had a 5-7 average. He did get in the end zone in this game, but the fact that that he got hurt. And also, I want to point out something that's kind of driving me crazy. The lack of usage of Kareem Hunt. Like, why is Kareem Hunt not being utilized by this team? They, it's, like you said, it's like you said a few weeks ago when we were talking to Alex. Um, they're, they're, trying, they're trying to trade him the offseason so they don't want him getting hurt. <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, it baffles me, too. I mean, I guess they've been using him mostly as a touchdown back, but you know, you do have a, a decent dual threat in Chubb and Hunt. Why don't you? Why don't you, you know, balance the carries out more? I mean, I mean, I mean, Chubb is an absolute stud, but you know, it sounds it sounds like even with Amari Cooper, uh, you know, the team's starting to fall apart because you know, let's be let's face facts, the quarterback isn't really a starter, you know, and uh, and with Deshaun Watson coming back soon. Do you think the Browns might turn a leaf, or is it too late? It's too late in the AFC. Yeah, I true, think, true. The the AFC, like Tyler said, the AFC is too tough. It's such a tough division. I don't know how you can uh, uh, even compete in that. You know, you you get down and they keep you down. You know, you you got You got to stay up all the time in that division. If you're not up all the time, you're in trouble. So the Browns go ahead and drop one here to the Dolphins, 39-17. Uh, the playoff picture starting to take take shape here. Uh, next up, the Titans beat the Broncos 17-10. to The Titans are um, 
winning some weird games here, I, I guess. Uh, they're sort of low-scoring low affairs. Uh, outside of that Houston game, I mean, a 17-10 game against the Broncos. I mean, I know the Broncos' defense is tough, but, you know, losing Chubb, Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins and all that other stuff, I don't know. It's it just kind of strange to me um, that the, their defense is still playing at such a high level and the teams are still struggling. Uh, Derrick Henry, 19 carries, 53 yards on the day. He only had a 2.8 average, which is pretty low for him. But uh, the the guy that I think nobody even thought about, Nick Westbrook, over here pacing the team in receptions and yards, 119 yards, two touchdowns on five receptions. Um, Traylon Burks, he's a bust, right? We're, we're on that level? It Yes and no, because I feel like he started the year off kind of decent, and then he got hurt. So I, I, I'm saying Jerry's out. Yeah, I, I think he's kind of a bust. I thought he was a waste of a pick um, from the rip. I, I don't think he's the caliber of receiver that A.J. Brown is, and A.J. Brown well, is Well, well, no. Yeah, kind of a waste. I mean, that's what they traded for, essentially. Um, they wound up getting A.J. Brown on the or uh, they dumping A.J. Brown and getting Traylon Burks out of the deal. So, I mean, he's not the receiver that A.J. Brown is. Traylon Burks, to me, is a number three at best. I'm not sold on him. Um, I don't know if I'll ever be sold on him. I've got questions about old trailing Burks there, but the uh, the Titans going ahead and getting it done, and then we're we're seeing uh, Russ not cooking so much, uh, not a, not a lot cooking there. Twenty one for forty two, so he only is only fifty percent on his accuracy. Two eighty six, one touchdown, one pick. Uh, that's not even <coughs> the running that's game. That's not even that's not even spam souffle numbers. Yeah, yeah, uh, the the running game's a mess. They've got this three-headed thing going on. Latavius Murray, Melvin Gordon, Chase Edmonds. I don't understand why they don't just pick one and roll with it. Um, I think Latavius is probably their best option, but they're they're just pissing away their running game. They have nothing for Russ Wilson. I mean, Cortland Sutton's kind of a mess. Russ Wilson is a mess. I, I do think Nathaniel Hackett is probably the worst uh, offensive mind in football right now. I mean, they, they made some big deal out of him because he was the guy that was with Rodgers. Now we know it was all Aaron Rodgers at the time. Um, this is I, a I saw this. There's this TikTok I've been following. So it's kind of dumb, but it's, I, I find it funny. Um, this guy does a video every week. He says, I, I'm going to do a video every week until oh. Russell Wilson throws more touchdown passes than he has bathrooms in his house. <laughs> <laughs> so for the record, he has 12 bathrooms in his house. He's at seven touchdowns. Oh, God. Ooh. We're going to yep. see. Amber through, Amber through 10 weeks. So he's, <laughs> we're averaging less than a touchdown a week. Yeah. yeah it's well, like the Kirk Cousins touchdown, the uh, check down video. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of what it's getting to. We, we might see <laughs> doing the doing the twerking situation, um, but the Titans beat the Broncos. And speaking of Kirk Cousins here, the Vikings uh, go ahead and beat the Bills, thirty-three to thirty. This was I, I'm going to flat out say this is the most exciting game of the year so far. You're, you're not going to get any argument from me. I would say it's the most exciting game of the year so far. Uh, crazy stuff going on. First of all, folks. Um, Kirk Cousins. Let's let's start there. The man didn't have a good game. Let me let me just make that clear. He turned it on late. He was very clutch late. Let's let's give him some credit there. For, but he, about 45 minutes of that game, he did not play good ball. And and people need to understand that there there needs to be some understanding that that while all those Kirk stands out there are are giving him credit, which is kind of surprising because we talk about um, we always hear quarterback wins are not a stat. That is not a stat in this league. I've heard that so many times. And now these Kirk stands are out here giving him more credit for this victory than he should get. And then on top of it, 
What pisses me off even more about that situation is that for years, uh, what have I been saying for the last two years on this show? I've said Kirk Cousins always gets all the credit for a win, and he gets none of the blame for a loss. And here we are, Kirk Cousins getting all the credit for a win that was a team win. That's what this was. It was a team victory. Dalvin Cook had an 81-yard touchdown run. He was over 100 yards on the day. Justin Jefferson bailed him out in some big situations, including the big one-hander in coverage. Several times, Justin Jefferson making clutch catches in and, double coverage. You know, that's that's my thing. And I'm going to step in a little bit here. I, I, I usually let you do your rants, but I'm going <clears> to <throat> interrupt you here. Two things I want to say. Um, the first one being, um, what's what's the what's the golden rule when it comes to quarterbacks in this league? If you threw 50 times, you had a bad game. Right. And we threw 50 times. It was 50 on the dot, but right. like, it's, it's the argument you always used to use on like Joe Flacco and stuff like that. Like if you're throwing the ball that many times, you had a bad game. Yeah, right. Dalvin's cooks. Dalvin Cook's numbers looked fine. He had an 80 yard, 81 yard run. Take that one carry away. Dalvin Cook played a bad game. This is more about the Justin Jefferson and defense show, in my I opinion. Also, I also want to talk about the Dalvin Cook. Look at those number of carries, though. That's the question of the day. Dalvin Cook isn't getting the, the volume that a star running back should be getting. We're talking 14 carries. Absolutely. We're, not talking, we're not talking 22 to 25 carries. So for him to break off an 81-yarder on, on one of those 14 carries, I mean, I've seen guys go 14 carries for 50 yards. Oh, I sure. Mean, no, I- so, so for him to get 119 on 14 carries on such a limited workload, I, I really do believe that Justin that Dalvin Cook had a great game. Oh uh, yeah, you know he had a good game, but that 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 one carry kind of obviously picks it up a little bit. But yeah, but, but there's, there's no reason why Dalvin Cook should be under 20 carries. Is my point here. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think Dalvin Cook he deserves the workload there. Um, we, we saw some interesting things. Jefferson bailed him out. I got to see Thielen go in and bail him out. I got to see the defense bail him out, not once, but twice. They, they come in. And, and then also, I mean, not to take away from the win, because it was a big win for the Vikings, but in most games, sometimes luck gets involved, and a, a <clears throat> bad snap did kind of save this game for the Vikings. And, and it did. But here's what I want to say about that. And, and a lot of people are saying, uh, were, first of all, people are saying, well, Josh Allen played better than Kirk Cousins. Look at the numbers. The numbers say otherwise. Okay. 33, uh, uh, 330 yards, one touchdown, two picks. Kirk Cousins, 357, one touchdown, two picks. I mean, they, they were almost identical numbers, really. It, it if, really- if, if we're splitting hairs, Josh Allen had the better game. But if we're, all, if we're talking honestly, they both played subpar. Yeah, they both played subpar. But And I also want to talk about this. First of all, People are talking about, oh, well, Josh Allen had a better game. Josh Allen showed that he's the better quarterback, and the Buffalo Bills show that the better, they're the better football team. And you know what? The Vikings won this football game, number one. Number two, a lot of people are saying, well, if it hadn't come down to that that bad snap, isn't that the whole fucking prevalence of football? Oh, no. It for sure is. Vikings were the better team here. But I'm, I'm just saying if, if I if I was betting my money on, on, on one more game, who I'm picking, I'm, I'm picking, I'm picking Buffalo by nine. Right. And I, I don't know if it might be by nine, but but they came back. My, my point here is that, that a lot of people are saying, well, well, Josh Allen made a few costly mistakes at the end, and that's the only reason the Vikings won. Oh, you it's mean ball? Like, that's, that's the whole point. Your opponent makes mistakes and you capitalize on them. That's the fucking game, folks. Like, I don't understand that. Like, it, that's not the game. That's how the game works. Like, what are we talking about? It's, it's, just, it's, it's, it's why we play the game because like, like something that happens. But no, Josh Allen played the better game, better accuracy. Um, he had the 84 yards in the ground. 
I'll, I'll let Josh Allen have a better game, but it's, it was a bad Josh Allen game. Right. It was in, and he he made the costly mistakes that cost the Buffalo Bills this game. He threw the nasty pick to to Patrick Peterson. He threw the uh, both nasty picks to Patrick Peterson, including the one that lost the game. He dropped a snap in the end zone that Eric Kendricks recovered for a touchdown. That's the game. That's that's what it is. That's how the game works, folks. So I mean, and the Vikings they played damn good football. I thought Steph Diggs played great football for the Bills. I thought I thought he showed up. Gabe Davis showed up. He had six receptions, ninety-three yards, and a touchdown. Dawson Knox showed up in some key times. Well, Gabe Davis kind of showed up, but we're not going to get into that. I mean, six receptions for ninety-three touchdowns. I mean, I mean, I'm, he showed I'm up. I alluded to the to the call. Oh yeah, the call. I mean, and, and should have five. <laughs> yeah, there, <laughs> there were some calls by and missed calls by the referees in that game. They they gave Gabe Davis Gabe Davis a, a, a catch that wasn't a catch. They allowed the Buffalo Bills to have 12 men on the field in, on a Kirk Cousins sneak that missed the, the end zone. Um, and, and that's what led to the eventual drop snap by Josh Allen. But the point is, is that uh, the referees also, uh, let, let's face facts. And, and I know, I don't, you know, I, I'm not a fan of blaming referees for shit like losses and whatnot. And, and it pisses me off that the Lions fans do it all the time. But I will say that the referees have been absolutely god-awful all year long all around, but particularly for the Vikings, they have been damn near costing them games in some key moments. Uh, plowing into Cam Bynum, who was coming up to make an interception uh, against Washington last week, or two weeks ago. Now, <clears throat> here we are with, with this uh, you know false catch situation, and then we're sitting here with 12 men on the field. We're not calling that. I mean, the referees have been awful um, I sometimes I feel like like we're catering to the sweethearts of the league, and we see a small market team like the Minnesota Vikings, and we're just gonna fuck them. And that's and last week, I think it was it was the Eagles game, the uh, face mask fumble. Oh yeah, we're that one too. Like, and they they reviewed that fumble. Like, <coughs> we're watching the replay like eight times, and the face mask is clear and obvious, bright as day. Like that feels like like if, if the if the shot you're reviewing involves an obvious penalty, we, we should be like, okay, look, guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if there isn't obviously some penalty involved, we should be talking about it, right? Or, or the referee should be getting ready to throw the yellow. Well, at, flag. Bare, at bare minimum, if, if the obvious penalty is like taking place in a review, it's already happening for something else. Like, right. Sixty thousand people in the stands, and then thousands <laughs> upon thousands of people at home are just watching this obvious face mask happen. And, but they're, they're reviewing the fumble happen. Like, well, yeah, the fumble happened, but because of. Because yeah. of his, his face mask almost got ripped off. You know, <clears throat> I mean, you know, referee rapport against, you know, with the league and fans in the league overall sucks to begin with. So, right. you know, why do we why do we want to compound it with a bunch of doofus missed calls like this? Yeah, the, the, the referees have been they've missed some very, very obvious, you know, penalties or or made some obviously bad calls in these games. They're missing them. They're they're not calling them. They're, they are calling bad ones. There have been some where, like, pick plays. Where, where I, and it's not even a pick play. Like, the receiver will be standing there, or the the the, the tight end rounds, and then the, the linebacker standing there, the, the tight end runs into the linebacker, and they call it a pick play. And and they call the penalty for it. Like, what, 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 what are we, we doing here? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So we've seen some bad calls, but in this game, the Minnesota Vikings do get it done. They, they walk out with the W, and uh, the Vikings wind up winning 33-30 over the Buffalo Bills. This is a game that I really would love to see in the Super Bowl. 
honestly, Vikings Bills. If this if it's like that again, I'm I'm all, I'm all for it. Um, next up, Giants and the Texans. Giants beat the Texans twenty four to sixteen. Sort of expected. Saquon Barkley, though, man, look at the number of carries. Thirty five carries in this game. Hundred fifty. That's what you do when you have a running back of that caliber. Yeah, he only had a four supposed to do in the day. Uh, so he he didn't go absolutely buck wild or anything like that. But 150. Oh, he, he didn't Joe Mix in it. No, not at all. <laughs> he did have a, a huge huge workload in this game. And if you look at the receivers, Danny Dimes has been spreading it out a little bit. Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodges, Tanner Hudson, Wandale Robinson, Lawrence Cager, and then Saquon himself got one catch for eight yards. I mean, it was interesting to say the least. Danny Dimes has been, had sort of a limited workload as far as being a quarterback goes, but, you know, it's been enough. It's been enough of a game-managing type of situation. I do think the New York Giants are kind of looking to, to get a quarterback in the draft. I don't think they're going to have Danny Dimes there next year. They, they've already haven't exercised his fifth-year option. And they shouldn't. No, they shouldn't. But like, I He's, think he's thrown the ball more times than Justin Fields and has four less touchdowns. Right. Right, and a lot of that has to do with the Saquon Barkley situation. I think Saquon is getting a lot of the the attention from the offensive coordinator. Um, he's just getting all the all the touches, and I don't blame him because he's their best player. Um, on the other side, Damian Pierce, seventeen carries for ninety four yards. He continues his his upward trajectory um, and and recovers after last last week's bad game. Davis Mills, uh, you know, twenty two for thirty seven, three nineteen, one touchdown, one pick. Just kind of what I expected. Um, it is what it is at this point. So we, we wind up seeing the Texans go out and uh, drop one of the Giants here, 24-16. Uh, kind of a snoozer, to be honest with you. But the Giants are currently projected into the playoffs. And, and we could see – you remember when we had the NFC East and we were talking about all three – like three of the four making the playoffs? We're sort of moving in that direction now with Dallas and the Giants. Well, I don't – but the thing is, is we were talking more Washington and not Giants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But here we are, a little flip flop. I mean, yeah, yeah. We, we. I think a bold prediction was that uh, Washington would hit seven seed. Yep, and and that was from me. The Washington Commanders will hit the seven seed, um, and the New York Giants will be exposed as fool's gold on the back half of the season, and will miss the playoffs. Um, it's going to be a tough go, but it could happen. It could be a thing. I'm hoping it is. So we're gonna we're gonna find out. Uh, next up, we get the. Chiefs beating the Jags 27-17. Uh, Patty Mahomes does Patty Mahomes things. Uh, he's, he's having himself a... Uh, um, <laughs> Patty Mahomes. Mahomes is going nuts. You need to calm down. You need to calm down, Tyler. Scores are quick. Calm <laughs> down. Right. They're not quick. We're 45 minutes in, buddy. You need to calm <clears throat> Patty Mahomes, 26 for 35, 331, four touchdowns on the day. Is Patrick Mahomes the best quarterback in football still? Yes. Yep. 100%. Yep. Trevor Lawrence goes 29 for 40, 259, two touchdowns. Do you think Trevor Lawrence is vastly improved compared to last year, or do you think he's the same guy? I think he's improved. Also, he has yes. improved. Uh, yes. Doug Peterson is definitely a much better coach than Urban Meyer. I mean, that, that just speaks for itself. But, you know, more so than that, you know, we have seen a progression. We have seen a more mature side to uh, um, to this quarterback. So it, it's going to it's 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 going to going to be good to see where he goes from here i mean if, if he's if he stays under doug peterson you know they might turn this thing on they might turn into a winning team uh, i mean they still have to uh, get a fix a few uh things on the defense and the offense i mean but again they face the kansas state chiefs i mean you're not going to get much tougher than that so you know that's kind of a 
you know, bad barometer to put against. But uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, he's on the upswing. Right. Um, as for uh, as for the Chiefs, I mean, they're looking at possibly being the number one seed. Do you think they end as the number one seed moving into the playoffs? Uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it's like <clears throat> normally we'd say heck yes, but I mean, you know, don't forget, you know, you got the Bills nipping at their heels. Uh, you got, you know, the Baltimore Ravens possibly, but I mean, I don't think they're really going to get one seed. But I really think it just comes down to who wins, I guess, who wins more games, obviously. But, um, you know, but, you know, it, it's, it's a good, it's a safe bet, uh, but anything can happen in the NFL Tyler, know, if, 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 to steal a trope. Without Gawk Gawk and the Ravens, Tyler, who do you think's got the number one seed in the AFC? Um, right now, if I'm, if I'm picking, it's probably Chiefs, but I wouldn't rule out Bills or Dolphins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dolphins are creeping up there, too. But... So this week we have a game, and we'll, I mean we'll talk about the scores. But there's a team in the AFC that's been quietly doing okay. I'm not saying they're going to top them, but and even right now with the, I think right now the whole a- AFC East is in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If, if you look at the bracket, so right now the bracket has this team out. But I think people continue to sleep on the Chargers. Yeah, and yeah. need to be aware they're still there and can and can smack you. I think teams oh, yeah. are, people are also somewhat sleeping on the New York Jets at this point. I, I think I, Jets are yeah, getting attention. And I'm trying not to go too much in detail because I have a, I have a lot to say here coming up. But but yeah, I, right now yeah it's probably the Chiefs. Um, the only reason I I mentioned the Ravens in that still in that category is for one reason only. I I, I think that the, the Ravens are under the the Bills and the Chiefs to me by 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 good margin. Um, I do still stand by. I think the Ravens are better than the Dolphins. I, I think that game was because they, they, they were up 24 points in the fourth quarter. I, yeah, they lost that game. But you, you, you know what I mean? I, I think Dolphins and Ravens are kind of that same kind of threshold. But, and we were just talking about the other day. If, if you look at the Ravens' schedule, it's cupcake the rest yeah. of the way. Yep. Outside the Bengals' game, their hardest game is the Steelers. Yeah. So I mean, it's an AFC North, but still, I mean, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. And my, so my, my, I guess my point here is, when it comes to the Ravens, is right now they're a game back from the number one seed, technically. Yeah. So you're talking about a team that only potentially loses one more game, maybe none. They're, they're, and the, and they are a good football team. I'm not saying that they're that they're world beaters, because I mean, because they're they're not Bills and and, and uh, Chiefs. But if you're talking about a team that doesn't lose a game. Who's already one game back? You could they're, be, in, they're in the conversation. Yeah, that could be it. So we could see that. Speaking of teams in the AFC North, uh, the Steelers go ahead and get a W against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Andy Dalton is the worst quarterback I've seen in a long time. I got. I'm not going to lie. Outside of Justin Fields and maybe Davis Mills, uh, who I was really big on, but I'm not anymore. Um, Andy Dalton is terrible. Uh, he is the most statuesque quarterback I've ever seen. And I don't understand how you can have players like Chris Olave and Jarvis Landry on the field and not be making connections. I don't understand how you can have Alvin Kamara on the field and not make connections. I don't understand this logic, and I don't understand the logic of having him as a starting quarterback. I don't know you why know, they one of the draft. It's, it's just funny because Andy Dalton's played three less games, but is only one touchdown behind Tom Brady. Oh, God, don't give me that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that Andy Dalton has not played well. He has not played good football this year. It's been it's been ugly. Um, Andy Dalton 
He's His terrible. QBR is only two points behind Tom Brady's too. Oh, God. Just stop. I know you hate <laughs> people. We've gone through that on this show, okay? But Andy Dalton, 17 for 27, 174, one touchdown, two picks. He, had a, he did not have himself a good game on the other end. Kenny Pickett looked okay. 18 for 30. Is Kenny Pickett a bust at this point? Are we getting – I mean, are, are we having – I'm having um, trouble picking Kenny Pickett right now. I – I'm not see. I'm not willing to call any anybody a buster one season, but I, I think give him a full off season where he's the guy. We can next year will be will be a better conversation to judge him. They threw him in, and I hate throwing rookie quarterbacks in, into the fire, and that's exactly what happened with Pickett. Yep. Right, because as we talked about, as was discussed before on the show, you know, you gotta have, you gotta have your rookie quarterback sit on the bench for a year and learn the system and. You know, get you know, did and you know, did Patrick Mahomes not go through that? Did he not start for a full year after he got drafted? Yeah, Mahomes, you know, Rogers, it, it, Lamar. Yeah. Right. So you know, you can't really blame Kenny Pickett a hundred percent. I mean, you know, but at the same time, you know, Steelers fans may be impatient, but I would say hold the phone and just hold, give this kid a chance. Agreed. It's not, it's not quite time to to hold to put the bus tag on him yet. Uh, even though he does have improbably small hands, uh, but you know, let, let's just let's just ride this thing out and see. Because the, get... the other thing is, it's not even just the um, sitting back in the system; it's the not d- instantly destroying a let's be honest, kid's confidence. Right. I I am I am willing to put my money down on half. Well, that's probably that's probably too high, but at least twenty five percent of the list of failed. Cleveland quarterbacks, if they would have been more patient, let make them wait, and then slowly get put in the system, they would have been stars in this league. Colt McCoy for, for is, is a prime example. Yep, I Colt agree. McCoy is still decent, and he got through the ringer in Cleveland. Yeah, he and he actually he Colt McCoy, and we'll be talking about him shortly here. Uh, has played very well for for the Arizona Cardinals, so we'll be talking to him about about him momentarily. Uh, next up, let's talk about the Colts. Colts beating the Raiders 25-20. Derek Carr cries after the game because he's a big, fat vagina. Um, <laughs> Derek Carr, 24 for 38, 248, two touchdowns. Um, we, we just saw all kinds of bullshit from him. So Matt, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm sticking to my guns here, and it, it is my it is my uh, duty as a as a card-carrying member of the Derek, Derek Carr Club that by saying that, I need, I need to revoke your, your Derek Carr card. You know, here's my thing. I like Derek Carr, but Derek Carr did not play good football. Um, and Derek Carr has not played good football this year. Um, and, and a lot of people are excited. And I do think a lot of a lot of this falls Coaching. on. You know, I think because McCann, he looked great last because he looked great last year. Th- this team is there. The hmm. one thing that's changed is they have a shit ass head coach who, by the way, I went and looked it up. His record, his whole coaching record, is as bad as Dan Campbell's. So, so I. Yeah. I'm putting I'm putting all of this on Josh McDaniels. Yeah, Josh McDaniels. Yeah. I hope Derek Carr gets a new team and then just throws the middle finger up to everybody. Yeah, yep. yeah Josh McDaniels is not a good coach. Uh, it seems like every guy that's come out of the Belichick tree has not been good. Um, and, and Bill Belichick is like a, a class of his own, and that's kind of it. McDaniel looked like shit when he was with uh, uh, Denver. Denver. He looks like shit yep. now. Um, it, it's just an ongoing thing. I do think there's a there's problems over there. I think they do have uh, a decent combo in Derek Carr and Devontae Adams, but they, they really, I mean, if you look around at the room, they don't really have much of anything else that's beyond Devontae Adams. Uh, and Darren it's Walker. Basically, it's the Adams and, and Jacobs show. 
Yeah, uh, Waller's been hurt all year. Foster Moreau is a decent tight end. He's a decent backup, uh, tight end too. But um, you know they they they're kind of in a weird weird limbo. Um, Derek Carr, I like Derek Carr, but I'm I don't know if I'm entirely sold on him this year. Hopefully, we'll see something better. I think I didn't they just give him a new contract this off season. Uh, I think maybe it was a year year ago, but yeah. I, thought they extended him so i don't know if he might have one more year on his deal after this but we'll have to find out um on the other end the colts finally did the right thing and they started matt ryan and jeff saturday goes out and gets his first win what the fuck is going on here um <laughs> jeff, jeff saturday uh, uh interesting head coach pick we shit all over it they go out and get a w um pat mcafee shit all over everybody that was shitting on jeff saturday um i do want to point out that this was against a very lowly raiders team that has not played well yes um, and the one thing I'm going to say, because everyone's on one end of the spectrum on this, um, they could win out, and it was it was still a bad hire. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it has not, <clears throat> he could go and win a Super Bowl, and for the time, it was a bad hire. Like, right. it, it's it, it, he could be a great head coach. It's, it's, it, the problem is, is it basically says, like, it'd be like in my job, like me going to school for four years, 10 years experience as an engineer, and, and then they go and hire um, – some someone my next door neighbor who who's done nothing as an engineer for the same for the same price right should i be pissed off of course i should be (laughs) yeah Yeah, that doesn't mean mean that he he can't be great it's just like you are just throwing the middle finger to so many that have come before and so many that have been busting to become a head coach right you know with that said i love jeff sir i hope i hope he kills it yeah, and you know, it, it just kind of highlights the incompetence of Frank Reich. You know, Frank Reich starting that other no-name quarterback and them, and them shit in the bed. You know, now it's like, oh, now you have the real quarterback back in. You know, he's not like the Matt Ryan of old. I get it. I mean, he's 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 in his 30s, late 30s, early 40s. But, you know, he could still sling the rock. And, you know, like you said, it is against the lowly Raiders team. You know, it's like that trope. You played the Detroit Lions. Well, here, you played the Las Vegas Raiders, one of the worst teams of football this year. But poor still, it, it, <laughs> yeah, I know, poor Andrew. <laughs> you know, poor kid can't catch a break. Yeah. Uh, but, but, the, but the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, the Indianapolis Colts, you know, they're, they're in limbo right now. But, you know, it just sees, it just shows that, you know, whether it's the Panthers or it's the Colts, you know, it, sometimes you make a coaching change midseason and it turns, it's, turns things around, sort of. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what we're, we're seeing in both those circumstances. So the Colts, they go get it done 25-20. Next up, we're talking about Cardinals and the Rams. Cardinals beat the Rams 27-17. Uh, you know what? Colt McCoy comes out and start for, for Kyler Murray. He actually did halfway decent for him. Um, and then on the other end, you get John Wolford. You, we got the battle of the backups here. John Wolford running in for the Rams here. Uh, and, and he did okay as well. I mean, nothing to write home about, but the Rams, man, they, they wound up having a hard time against this Arizona Cardinals team. Uh, and they lose this one. Cooper Cup also suffers a high ankle sprain. We'll talk about that in a little bit. He was out for this game. Uh, the Rams are cooked this year, right? They're basically done. They are well done and are ready to eat. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, what's your take? Do you think the Cardinals are still going to be a playoff team, or do you think they're done too? Right now they're fringe. I mean, they're lucky they're in the NFC. I, yeah. My gut tells me no, but, but I don't know. They, they could sneak. They could be a seven, or they could be a six. A si- six is pretty bold. Your, your gut's telling you no, but your body's telling you yes, isn't it? That's what we're seeing. <laughs> um, you say maybe. <laughs> say maybe. <laughs> if it was AFC, obviously I'd be saying they're they're cooked. But. Yeah. 
But the problem is you got teams that I don't necessarily like that are sitting six, like six plus wins right now. That's like mm-hmm. scary. My my bold prediction of Rams and Matt, Rams and Packers going last is looking a little little good right now. <laughs> I, I think I, I think I said that Tom Brady, Matt Stafford, and uh, the third name escapes me, but everybody knows what, what I'm talking about. All Rogers. three of the Aaron Rodgers will all miss the playoffs. Yep, and and. and, and I think I think Rodgers is going to be the little little bastard that sneaks in the back door. Actually, it might be Brady at this point. He's he's you know, I, I, yeah, I stand corrected. It's Brady. But uh, we do have a little situation with that Aaron Rodgers uh, stuff. Packers go out and beat the Cowboys 31-28. Uh, last minute field goal. Cowboys, uh, you know, Mike McCarthy coaches the Packers to a win here. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I look you know, late in the game. You know, you got a chance to you know pin the team deeper get a field goal and they like force overtime or you know, or get some points on the board. Oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to pull up Dan Campbell and go for it on fourth and four and run the ball and get stuffed. That basically cost them the game. Yeah. I, when I saw that happen, I sent a text. I was like, that was, the, it was a stupid call from Mike McCarthy. And, 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 you know, you gave the ball back to Aaron Rodgers and you know what Stephen A. Smith loves to say, Aaron Rodgers is a bad, bad man. Well, he showed up, he showed up on Sunday. Yeah, uh, 14 for 20, 224. He had three touchdowns on the game. You know who also showed up in that game was Aaron Jones. He had himself a monster game. And so did Christian Watson. Tyler, is Christian Watson the real deal? Uh, were we all wrong about him when we said he was a bum when he got drafted? It's one game. It's one game. I mean, to skip ahead a little bit, since, since I'm, the question is being asked to me, it's now two games. Um, if right. we're talking about because we're talking about the Packers Titans game that just happened two nights ago, where he went off again. Mm-hmm. But I right now I trust Packers running backs about as much as I used to trust New England running backs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yep. It, it's <laughs> so because uh, I. I, I Lazard had himself a massive game this year. Cobb's had himself a massive game this year. I, I believe Randall Dubes had a, had a massive game. Like, it's hard to trust me. Rodgers is going to do what Rodgers is going to do, and that ball is going to go to whoever's open. And right now, it just happens to be Christian Watson. Yeah, yeah, I think Christian Watson is, you know, Rodgers had the one big game with him, and, and he seems a little enamored with Christian Watson at this current point. So, uh, yeah, Christian Watson goes off there, and then uh, the Cowboys... Kind of a tough loss, but they're still in the playoff picture. I mean, is this the start of the downturn for the Cowboys here, or is Dak- uh, not quite? I mean, Dak's still playing fine. Okay, yeah. and you still have Tony Pollard, and you know, if you if you give Zeke more carries, you know, this team will have a chance. So yes. it's not it's not time to press the panic button just yet. Though you really got to put Mike McCarthy under a microscope after that botched call at, at the end of the game. Yeah, Zeke Elliott. Uh, well, he was out in this game. Tony Pollard was the big deal, but. Zeke, uh, he may come back this week. We're not sure, but Tony Pollard did go for 22 for 115 for a touchdown. Tyler, do you think that this is Tony Pollard's team when Zeke Elliott gets back? Are they going to stick around with Zeke? They'll put Zeke back in. The yeah. problem is, um, Pollard's proven that he that like, any anyone who doesn't like Pollard hasn't been paying attention. Yeah, Pollard's been a phenomenal backup, and when he has to be the starter, he's also been phenomenal. The problem is, is what it comes down to is you're not going to bench your multi-million dollar running back. Yeah, it's cash money. Cash money. You, you paid the man, you got to start the man. I agree with you. Uh, it's like fuck, fucking uh, Broncos, no matter what, unless they get rid... Russell's either going to start or he's not going to be on the team. There's going to yeah. be no benching him. Right. 
So that is uh, that game. Next up, we got the Niners beating the Chargers 22-16. Uh, Herbert, you know, he suffers from not having both his number one and number two receiver on the field uh, and, and winds up with DeAndre Carter and Josh Palmer. He still plays a decent game, but not as well as he could against a very tough San Francisco defense. Does this game look different if you have Keenan Allen and you, you have, uh, oh, God, what's the other gentleman? Mike. Mike Williams. Mike Williams, thank you. Um, does does this the complexion of this game look different here, Tyler? I, I think I think it definitely does. I I think Josh Palmer's trying his ass off. Yeah. Um, he didn't have a lot this game. He got target eight times, but he's he's the only guy to be getting watched. I I think for what Palmer's being asked to do, he's killing it. Yeah, I agree. He's, I, a, I, he's a he's a number three receiver who's being forced to play one. And a strong Niners defense knows he's the one temporarily. So now you got now you got a stud defensive backcourt covering a a number three receiver. Yeah, I, I actually I to be perfectly honest with you, you're to play devil's advocate. I actually like DeAndre Carter better than I like Josh Palmer. You know, it, and maybe it's just me. I think DeAndre Carter is is the better of the two. Uh, but but Palmer, um, he is. You are right. He is trying his ass off and and. He finds himself in a very tough situation. So uh, the, the Niners do beat the Chargers here. Also, the uh, the Niners, you know, sort of uh, having a little bit of trouble getting the running game going for Christian McCaffrey. Elijah Mitchell, 18 carries for 89 yards, whereas McCaffrey was 14 for 38. Uh, what are we doing here? Is, is Elijah Mitchell starting to overtake? Christian McCaffrey, is this where we're no, headed? No, I, I think we're, we're talking about a situation where it's, it's, it's still only McCaffrey's second game. Mm. He's still kind of getting used to his offense, but he's also being utilized in other places too. Right. McCaffrey's—he's—he's he's one of those guys that's one of your better athletes in this league. He's more than a running back. Yeah, yeah, multi-multi-faceted back, and also Brandon Ayuk getting six receptions for 84 yards. His production has gone up in a big way. Is Brandon Ayuk becoming the number one receiver over there? Is Debo Samuel losing a step? What is happening? I think you know Debo's been solid all year. I think I think Deep, this is Debo's first game back, and they took and he took it easy. Uh, you know, coming if he's coming back from injury, then it, it stands to reason that you know maybe Debo is just warming up for the playoffs, and then we're going to see that the Debo that we all know and love, you know, comes storming out of the gate. Uh, you know, if, as long as they uh, don't hit that three seed, um, like I was mentioning. But, uh, you know, I, I think he's just resting up for the playoffs. And then we're going to see Debo Samuel become Debo Samuel. That's yeah. that's where I'm at. Because yeah, Debo's been a stud all year up until he got hurt. Yep. So we and could... I don't think – it has nothing to do with getting Christian McCaffrey. I think he got hurt. They had the bye week, and they, they kind of eased him back in. I mean, you, you see that happen a lot. Yeah. I, that's That could be the case. Um, and then last but not least uh, – uh, we do have the Eagles and the Commanders. The Commanders gonna uh, they're gonna go ahead and beat the Eagles here, thirty-two to twenty-one on Monday Night Football. What in the fuck is happening? Uh, you have you have uh, uh, Brian Robinson going twenty-six carries, eighty-six yards, and a touchdown. The the Eagles could not stop that running game. The time of possession in this game was insane. insane. Well. It's mostly because they just kept pounding the rock. But to be completely honest with you, neither running back had a great average. No, but but the fact that, that the Eagles couldn't stop it was insane to me. Look, I mean, 
40, 40 minutes, 40 minutes and 24 seconds of time of possession. In the first half alone, they had 24 minutes time of possession. Like, that's fucking crazy to me. Yeah, I mean... They were able to, to hold the Eagles to six minutes of time of possession in the first half. It's nuts. I, I agree. So, yeah, I mean... It's an overlooked statistic, but it's also one of the more important statistics in football. And, and now here we are. Terry McLaurin went eight eight receptions for 128 yards. And Tyler, I mean, he didn't have himself a real good game here against a very tough defense. But but Taylor Heineke, I mean, did just enough to get it done. Um, this team, I don't know what it is. They rally around the guy. They rally around him. I don't understand. They do. But if, if I'm picking, I'm taking Davis Mills. Oh, God, you really hate Tyler Heineke that much, huh? I don't, I, Heineke doesn't do it for me. He's, he's five touchdowns, four, four, four interceptions. He's, he's averaging a pick a game. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he's not doing, he's not, this isn't, this isn't the first game where his stat line's not been impressive. Like, McLaurin bailing him out. Do you think it's because he's just the beneficiary of an injury-prone Carson Wentz? I think that's part of it, but I also think that the the team, like I said, rallies around him, and and I don't know why they all play hard when Taylor Heineken comes in. When Carson Wentz was there, they didn't play hard. None of those guys were playing with any sort of heart until Taylor Heineke showed up on the field, and then suddenly even the audience, even the crowd was getting behind this this guy and this team. So, like, to me... I think this is more of a, a situation where it's there's just some sort of weird energy that Taylor Heineke brings that teams are getting behind him. He's like, it's like fucking watching Shane Falco come onto the field. You know, like that that's kind of what we're getting. He's not a great quarterback. Nobody, I'm not saying that, but there's a weird thing going on where people are just getting behind him. And then there's a lot that of I, that I agree with. And, and in the meantime, on the Eagles side of the ball, I mean, Quez Watkins, four receptions for 80 yards. I know A.J. Brown rolled his ankle in this game, but seven yards for A.J. Brown is kind of eh. Uh, Devontae Smith barely getting involved. He has struggled to get involved all year long. Uh, Miles Sanders, only 12 carries for 54 yards. Jalen Hurts. But, but, but his average was good, so you should have been pounding that rock to Sanders. Yeah, I, I mean, run the ball. Run the ball. If Sanders is, is getting it done, run the ball. But then Jalen Hurts, he looked human. This is the most human I've seen Jalen Hurts look all year. Yeah. It, it was. And and I don't understand why that was the case. But the Eagles uh, dropped this one to the Commanders. Now, before we, we go to break, I want to jump into the news around the league because there is some news that involves this Philadelphia Eagles team. And, and we're going to jump right into the news around the league. Eagles signed defensive tackle and Dominican Sue and Linval Joseph to one-year deals. After Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox are injured, they get run all over by Brian Robinson and the Commanders on Monday Night Football, and the Eagles sign two high-end defensive tackles. I like this signing, Tyler. What do you what say you? I love it. So here's here's what I'm going to say on on on, on that. Um, outside of and an, yeah, I'm a little biased, but I think you'd agree that that I'm, I'm even if I'm calling him one, you'd probably put him top five. Like I, I still believe Eric Acosta is the best GM in football, just the way he drafts and does things. Um. You may not put him one, but you'd put him top five, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But the way that Howie Roseman responded to a bad run run defense mm-hmm. and just goes, we just we just got hosed in the run, um, even though they didn't need to because it was one game, they have, they have enough of the sample size to say they didn't need it. They go, wham, wham, two signings, fuck you. We're, 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 make, we're, we're getting rid of our weaknesses and we're making it happen now. Howie Roseman's like a 
fucking hero right now. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, this is this this is a scary duo here. You know what? It, we all know how Indomitian Sue, you know, dom, you know, dominated in Detroit, or you know, you know, at least I do. So you know, and with, and with these these two nasty tackles. You know, I don't think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to lose a step. You know, it, it, I was going to make this. I was going to mention this. You know, you know what happens? What happens when you get punched in the face? You know, let's see how you respond. I mean, we've seen it with Michigan this year. We've seen it with other teams this year. You know, we've seen it now with the last unbeaten to fall. You just got punched in the face by a division rival. What are you going to do? And the signing of these two defensive tackles says to me that the Philadelphia Eagles are not going to be screwing around and they're not taking that loss lightly. So no. I, I think it solidifies I, them as a, as a Super Bowl contender. Yes. I Honestly, I, I agree. I think I think that that Indomitian Sue is obviously we saw how he dominated with the Lions. We saw how he played extremely well with for the Buccaneers. Uh, he played extremely well when he was at the Rams, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, I mean, Indomitian Sue, obviously uh, a great signing here. And then on top of it, I think the underrated one is, is Linval Joseph. Uh, knowing Lin- Linval Joseph and the caliber of player he is, the type of run stuffing, kind of space filling defensive tackle that he is, and and he was in Minnesota, that he was in New York. Um, I know all about this guy, and he is a stud. He is a damn good space eating kind of guy. So, um, and Dominican Sue and Linval Joseph wind up with the Eagles. One guy that won't be with the Eagles for uh, basically the rest of the year is going to be Dallas. He's set to miss extended time with a shoulder injury suffered in the Monday night loss versus the commanders. He was placed on IR. They lose a huge piece of that offense just when he was getting red hot. Dallas Goddard, huge loss for the Eagles. Am I right, uh, Tyler? 100%. Now, Alex, what say you? Alex? Yeah, yeah, I was just saying, that's bad news. Yeah. When you get, you know, you know. Yeah, he got he got red hot for for 100 plus yards uh, on several occasions this year. He he's been playing a damn good ball. So Dallas Goddard going down. On the other side, the Commanders they lost a, a few pieces. Well, they lost one piece, and they have one piece not coming back this week. Uh, running back J.D. McKissick he's placed on IR with a neck injury, so they lose that change of pace back. But at least they have Antonio Gibson there, so I don't think it's that big of a loss. And then they also won't have Chase Young coming back this week uh, for Sunday's game versus the Texans. He could be activated next week. Uh, that's based on that ACL injury that he suffered late last season. We got to hear all about that la- um, uh, earlier this week when we were talking about it off off the air. Uh, Chase Young coming back, I, I think I, I do think Chase Young's a little overrated, to be honest with you. I, I think that, that some people are, are making too big of a deal about him. Don't you guys think? I, I disagree. Really? I, I, think, I think he's the top 20 defensive player in the league. Top um, defensive player. I, I, think he's been, I think he's been a stud. I, I think he's been, he's been like a, a piece that's been holding this, this Washington team together. Well, I mean, I would agree with you, Tyler, except, uh, you know, the proof is kind of in the pudding here. Uh, they beat the Eagles. They beat the last unbeaten team in the NFL without Chase, without Chase Young. But to your point, you know, once Chase Young gets off injured reserve and comes back, the thing that we need to look out for is are the are, are we going to see improved defensive play from the commanders or is it just going to be the same old, same old? Uh, you know, are we going to are we going to see a momentum shift on the defensive side of the ball with the commanders when Chase Young returns? That's the question that needs to be answered. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put my money on yes. Uh, my answer is yes too. I look at from the time he's been drafted. Like Washington was an abysmal defense. Chase Young comes to the scene. 
and they were a top five defense. And now here we are where he's not in the field and they're no longer in the mix for being a good defense. Well, maybe uh, I'm hoping, well, I, I probably am wrong in this situation. I don't believe that, that highly in, in Chase Young. I, I want to see if he's going to, you know, maybe open my eyes up a little bit more. But, uh, yeah, Chase Young, he will not be back this week. That's for damn sure. Uh, next up, all around the uh, around the league, we've got the Cardinals. They placed tight end Zach Ertz. He suffered a knee injury. He's placed on IR uh, in the Rams game. But one thing they did do, and they brought a guy up, is Corey Clement, the running back that used to play for the Eagles. He gets signed on uh, the active roster of the Cardinals. Tough loss losing Zach Ertz. Corey Clement's sort of an underrated change of pace running back. What do you make of this? You know, I I like Clement. I I mean, I don't know that they necessarily need him, but I I like I like Clement. He's 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 always been like a, like a decent little journeyman running back that, that does well when at, when when he's called on. Exactly, I agree. He's a very very uh, he was a special change of pace type of player. I don't think he'll ever be a starter in the league. I think he's no, kind of not anymore either. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's a stud or anything like that. But Corey Clement as a as a change of pace running back, I I think he's actually a decent piece. Um, for them, and, and it, he could wind up kind of filling a role for them, given the fact that they're not going to have one of their top pass catchers on the field in, in uh, Zach Ertz anymore. He could be taking a lot more change of pace stuff. One of their playmakers that is coming back, though, is Marquise Hollywood-Brown. He's uh, designated a return for practice. He could play this Monday night on Monday Night Football against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, mm-hmm. Brown, Hollywood Butterfingers Brown. I'm not big on him, Tyler. I know you know all about him. I know you kind of said fuck him when he left, but tell me what. what- well, and, and you know, I, I've I've never really gone off on him even when he was a Raven either. I, I I've always called him uh, Walmart Tory Smith. <laughs> but what I will say is, before he got hurt, Brown was was having a career career year. Yeah, one thing he I was th- having a good. I mean, it, it was showcased more by one game, but he, his lowest week was a 43 yarder and wrestled mm-hmm. 60, 70, 80. He was trending to be a thousand yard receiver, right? So I think him coming back could could be a benefit to spreading the ball out for this Cardinals team. I do. Do you guys think that? And, and Alex, I'll I'll throw this to you. Uh, do you think that it's going to be beneficial for him? To have DeAndre Hopkins on the field when, when, because he was playing as the lone guy and the guy that was getting all the looks. Do you think it's a benefit to have DeAndre Hopkins on the field, or do you think he's going to not get as much attention and as much love because DeAndre Hopkins is on the field? I am going to put my money on the fact that DeAndre Hopkins gets more looks than Hollywood Brown. Uh, again, I mean, if Hollywood Brown can uh, prove he does not have the drop skis. Uh, you know, he may he may prove to be a good wide receiver, too, for Kyler Murray and or Colt McCoy. Uh, but really, I think the number number one receiver with a bullet is DeAndre Hopkins on that Cardinals team. So, you know, it, it's not it's not a surprise. It's not a shock. Um, it's I don't think it's a bad thing. You know, it's, it's certainly a good thing for Hollywood Brown to come back. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be anything earth shifting. You know, DeAndre Hopkins is still the number one guy, uh, but, you know, it does open up an option or two. It all depends on, A, if Brown can deliver, and, B, you know, if, if you know, Kyler Murray can effectively balance those two receivers out. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of with you there. I, I Kyler Murray is going to have to kind of spread the ball around a little bit. 
Um, losing Ertz sucks, but he gets Hollywood back. You know, it and it's be- it's one of those things where I think about it as there are some players. I mean, all the talent in the world, they're they their role is served better as 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 a WR two, and they're much better for it. Right. Torrey's a great example of that. At the time, Torrey was one of the was one of the best WR twos in the league when he had Steve Smith and Anquan Bolden. But he was when he was asked to be the one, he couldn't do it, and that's okay. I think I look at Hollywood Brown and how as for as decent as he did at the beginning of the season, I think he could really benefit from being the two. Yeah, it could it could be helpful to him. So we may, we may see that. Um, one guy that we we're not going to see as a number one for quite some time is going to be Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup for the Rams. He uh, Set to have surgery on a high ankle sprain he suffered in such as loss versus the Cardinals. He's placed on IR. He's set to at least at least miss four weeks. Uh, what's the over under on Cooper Cup being done for the year, Tyler? He'll be back. It'll, it'll well, well, they're not gonna make the playoffs though, so I don't know he'll I don't, I don't know he'll be back. Yeah, that's he'll be back for playoff time. Yeah, I, right. I would put the odds at like negative one fifty that he's yeah. gone. Uh, you know, only because you know. Four weeks, you know, in the NFL is a long is a long time, especially when it's crunch time and playoff time. Uh, but you know, like I said, the Rams are you know well done anyway. And that's so, my point too: is why rush him back? Yeah, exactly. It serves you no benefit to rush him back at this point. You're going to miss the playoffs. If you're, if you're screwed and you're on the outside looking in, why wouldn't you just wait for him to get fully healthy and then just try again next year? Yes, right. I I agree. Uh, also for the Rams, Matt Stafford, he's expected to clear concussion protocol and play Sunday versus the Saints. Um, I don't know if that's really a help, to be honest with you. Matt Stafford has not looked like the same Matt Stafford that we're used to seeing. Uh, honestly, I, I think he's kind of looked like a bum. Mm-hmm. Honest with you, I, I think that that elbow is affecting him more than they're letting on. Um, and I do believe that he's going to require Tommy John surgery. Uh, Another one. I, I think, and I, 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 I see you said that word like almost every single episode we've recorded this year. And yes. it, there, and it stands to reason. Yeah, he hasn't played well, and he hasn't thrown the ball well. He hasn't been effective. I've said it every show. Tommy John surgery is coming. I've said it for for the last ten weeks, and I I still believe that. I think Tommy John surgery is coming for Matt Stafford. I think he's just trying to gut it out. They keep, you know. Uh, injecting him with cortisone shots and shit, and he goes, "Oh, I'm fine." You know what? No, you're not fine. You need to have Tommy John surgery. He's get, and I think Matt Stafford is going to have Tommy John surgery. He's going to do a Ben Roethlisberger, have one season and be done. And that's kind of where he's headed. But uh, they're not going to admit that, um, you know, uh, moving forward. Uh, elsewhere on the other side of the football, the Saints' defensive end Cameron Jordan, he's set to miss the very first game of his career. That's a crazy stat to me, uh, due to an eye injury. Um, so he's, he's set to miss his first game of the year. The saints are going to miss him on the defensive side of the ball. He's their best defensive player. I think. Yeah, I mean, not going to get too much of an argument for me. I know Tyler's a Marshawn Lattimore guy. Tyler, what say you? Uh, no, I'm with, I'm with you there. I think Cam Jordan is the most disruptive force that they have. I oh, mean, for sure. I mean, he's, he's a monster. So uh, Cam Jordan will not be in that game. Um, and then also, as far as uh, L.A. teams go, the Chargers waived the former 2019 first-rounder defensive tackle Jerry Tillery 
Uh, he was picked up by the Raiders off of waivers there. Is this the most stupid fucking move that anybody could? Yeah. I, I think this I don't, is. I don't understand it. Yeah, you're just tipping your hand to a division rival. I mean, never mind that that division rival is a, is a dumpster fire, but still, it's like, what are you doing? I mean, you, you, have, a, you have a shot at the playoffs. Hold on to the guy. Yeah, you're, you're just going to give up Jerry Tillery for no reason? And, and, and he's a good player. He, he knows their system. He's a good defensive tackle. I don't get it. But Jerry Tillery winds up going to waivers, gets picked up by the, by the uh, Raiders there. Um, elsewhere in that division, the Chiefs, they placed wide receiver Nicole Hardman on IR with an abdomen injury. Um, Hardman, he's been kind of the number two. They also ruled out Juju Smith-Schuster uh, against the Chargers uh, due to a concussion. Losing Nicole Hardman, losing Juju Smith-Schuster for this game anyway, uh, that leaves Marquez Valdez oh, no. to be the number one guy. It won't uh, be him. You think it's going to be Kadarius Tony, huh? Yeah, I think most people think that, but MVS does have something going on. And I don't, it, it, there's going to be, a, I think, a few more deep shots than we're used to seeing. I think you're going to see uh, old Travis Kelsey getting a lot more work, right? I, I mean, that that's kind of the route we're headed, right, Tyler? I, I'm, Yeah, I'm thinking so. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it's a no-brainer. I mean, you know, he's, he's, only, he's only the best tight end in football, playing for the best team in football. So, you know, you may you may be sitting there as a Chiefs fan going, huh, no big deal, kind of like Aaron Rodgers back in the day, except yep. you back it up. But, um, you know, having Nicole Hartman out is a concern. But, you know, uh, you know the, the Chiefs have backup options. And, you know, and I, I think uh, they're going to be okay. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, and MVS, he could see some additional work, though. I, I do think he could see some additional deep shots. You might see MVS get a touchdown here. We saw it last week. He did put up uh, 60 yards in a TD last week. I mean, I know he only had four targets, but 60 yards in a TD, you could see him hit for that. And I think he's a little big play dependent, obviously, but still, um, it is a big deal. Uh, their division rivals, on the other hand, well, not division rivals, but their their conference rivals, on the other hand, the Buffalo Bills. This is kind of the elephant in the room story that we've been talking about all week long because of the craziness involved. Buffalo, the city of Buffalo is hit with a massive snowstorm this week. They got six feet of snow and it's still coming. The Buffalo players didn't practice all week. A lot of them got snowed into their houses. Um, the, the airport was closed for a time. It got open this afternoon. The Bills have apparently arrived in Detroit. The game has been moved to Ford Field in Detroit. This, this is not the first time that this has happened to Buffalo Bills where a giant snowstorm hit and they've had to move one of their games to Detroit. I think last time it was with the Jets. Um, but then imagine being the Buffalo Bills fans and your team is building a $1.4 billion stadium with $880 million of it coming from tax money and you're building another open-top stadium. <laughs> it's like, what the, what the hell are we doing here? Bills fans don't care. They're nuts. Well, yeah, I mean, they're all they're all they're snow they're all out there snow plows making sure the team gets to the airport. Yeah, I mean, but but imagine being like you're paying for this stadium, and and you know you're you're all excited for this new stadium, and then you see your old stadium that's an open top get get since 2009. I think this is like the fourth time they've had to move a game out of that stadium because of the fact that the snow came, and at such a high level, and then here we are again. <laughs> and they have to move the game again, and then they're building another open top stadium just to get snowed out of again. It See, doesn't I, make the way sense. I view it is I 
I, I think what it was is the taxpayers, because it's, it's Buffalo. They're like, we're only paying for it if, if we have an open stadium. We want our snow. Oh, God. <laughs> what, a, what a shit show. Give them a dome, for God's sake. It just doesn't make sense. But the, the Buffalo Bills and the Cleveland Browns will be playing in Detroit. And then actually Cleveland is just going to stick around in Detroit, for my understanding, and practice. Or Bills, here. Bills, Bills. Or Bills. the Bills, rather. They're going to stick around and play in Detroit because they do take on the Lions on Thanksgiving on the short week. So it's just a wild go. Um, yeah, the, it, it, just an interesting situation. Uh, speaking of the Browns, quarterback Deshaun Watson did return to practice for the first time this season. He's expected to start week three versus the Texans. Do you think Deshaun Watson lights up the world, Tyler? Man, I, I don't know. He's missed a lot of time. Yep. Where I'm at, if I was the head coach of this team, and may, maybe this is the reason why I'm not a head coach in this league, but apparently I'm qualified to be one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but every head coach, look at him. This is my point. Welcome to the club, Alex. Is Derek Henry on board still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> at three and six, what I would do is I would tell Deshaun, look, it's, it, you're coming back week 12. For three and six, you're going to play the first half of every game. But that's it. We're not risking your injury. We're guaranteeing you money. We, we can't get you hurt. Let, let's be ready to go next season. We'll give, you the, we'll give you the reps to be ready. But there's no point for you to play every, play a full game. And that's fair. That That is fair. Um, I, It's kind of a, a weird situation. I think they're going to put Deshaun Watson out there to get people fired up and excited and sell some tickets. I think they will start him full games. I oh, do. No, they, 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 no, they're going to. That's just what I would do. But they're they're definitely going to throw him out there, and they're going to get people fired up, and they might win a couple games, and they'll get going, and yep. not going to matter. <laughs> I I agree with you, Alex. Do you think Deshaun Watson is going to be a world beater coming back? Nope, not a world beater. Um, you know, time will tell if if he picks it up in later years, but this year, nope. Next. No. Yeah, I, I I hope he for for my sake I'm taking a huge risk in fantasy, but but I, by picking him up and and I I just kind of went for it. But uh, Deshaun Watson, you know, he, you are right, Tyler. He has missed a lot of football, um, so I don't know how he's going to turn out. But it is a massive it's a massive risk on the end of the Browns. So we'll see what happens. Uh, also, and with teams involved in snow games and all that other stuff, uh, the Jets are taking on the Lions this week. And they went out and signed offensive lineman Laurent Duvernay-Tardif. Um, he left the NFL in the middle of a pandemic to be a part of the Canadian Medical Residency Program. Uh, he left the Bucks in the middle of that Super Bowl season that they were having to go and do something really special. I respect the hell out of this guy. I think he's a great dude. Um, and it was all volunteer work that he was doing, which was crazy to me. And then... He goes out and, and gets signed by the Jets. The Jets worked him out this week. He looked great, and uh, he's going to be one of their new offensive linemen. Uh, Alex, do you like this move? Oh, yeah, I do like this move, um, but is, is, are you talking about the Jets or are you talking about the Giants? Because the Lions Jets. are the Giants. But, uh, but to your point, to, to what this man has done, you know, yeah, kudos to, you know, to this man for everything he done, he's done, you know, and whichever team picked him up, you know, I mean, it's – if the Jets picked him up, then yeah. I mean, what position is he playing? Offensive tackle. You even paid attention, Alex? I was. I just is Derek Henry still on the board, Alex? Is wide receiver Derek Henry available? 
<laughs> oh, you know, you guys are just embellishing. You guys knock it off. <laughs> but, but to your point, though, I mean, you know, yes, I think it's, I think it's a solid move to, to put to bring in an offensive tackle. You know, they need all the help they can get. You know, they don't have a running game with Brees Hall, or at least not as much of one without him. You know, I mean, really, you're just relying on Sauce Gardner and Miles Garrett. So to have an extra offensive tackle out there on the field, who? You mean Garrett Wilson? <laughs> what? You mean Garrett Wilson? Garrett Wilson, yes. What the hell? Yeah. I- <laughs> Tyler's just hammering on you right now. Yeah, I mean, I guess for good reason. I'm, try- yeah. I'm, just, I'm just driving a snowstorm trying not to die, okay? So- oh, okay. <laughs> well, well the beats. Um, I-, I won't hold it against you then. Uh, I will. Uh, he will. Uh, fucking, fucking Tyler will. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. But... Next up, we've got the Bengals. They go ahead and activate defensive tackle DJ Reader off of IR. Uh, this sort of needed to happen for them. They do need some defensive line help. The Bengals' defense has not had that epic pass rush that they're used to having this year. Uh, Tyler, DJ Reader getting activated. What do you think? It's a big move for them. That's something they got to do if they're going to try to keep, try to keep competing because the AFC is looking nasty and they're, and they're on the wrong side of it right now. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think the the Bengals they're they're fighting with all they have. I think they're like kind of a low tier NFC team or AFC team rather, as far as playoff teams go. Um, they're kind of on the lower end of the playoffs there. I think they're on the outside looking in, if I'm not mistaken, or they're Correct. damn. Um, yeah, I think they're like eight or nine right now, uh, as far as the seeding goes. Uh, they they're gonna have to to battle their way back into it, but but uh, that is a thing. Uh, also in the ASC, Titans offensive coordinator Todd Downing was arrested for a DUI on Friday morning in Tennessee after beating the Packers. Um, just celebrating too hard. Uh, I think he's a damn good offensive coordinator. Do you think the Titans let him go? No. No, you think they're going to maintain him? He'll be fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, they better, they better get ready to pay those hefty fines. Now, yeah. I, I think He's got the money. He'll be fine. All right. Yeah, he, he'll probably be fine. Um, next if, up, if, if if you can Google if you can Google your name and uh, on Google and, and and find something and people like know who you are, then you're gonna be fine. <laughs> uh, next up uh, around that division, Colts linebacker Shaq Leonard undergoes surgery. He's gonna miss the rest of the 2022 season. We talked about him being out for the game. He was placed on IR. Now it's season-ending IR. He is done for the year. The Colts, I know that they are they are already on the outs. We know that the Colts are not going to be a playoff. Team. I think we made that abundantly clear, but this is still a hit for them uh, not having him on the field. They're just preparing for next season, right, Tyler? Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's that's kind of the route. And then the last piece of news we've got: the Bears running back Khalil Herbert was placed on injured reserve with a hip injury. Um, we knew the Bears aren't going to make the playoffs as well, uh, but Khalil Herbert, to me, I think he should be the starting running back for the Chicago Bears. I think he's better than David Montgomery. Um, I think he's got a better average, if I'm not mistaken, than David Montgomery. I think he's the better runner. I think he's more athletic. Um, I think he's better. And, and frankly, I think if they can watch Montgomery, who's in a contract year, go out the door and have Khalil Herbert wind up as the starter for their football team, and they can do it on a rookie-scale contract, and he's a late-round guy, I think this is just a, a no-brainer. This is just... This is a smart business here on the end of the, the Chicago Bears if they maintain Khalil Herbert and have him as their starter next year, right? Yeah, Montgomery's not been fabulous. No. It's, 
I think that experiment's come to its end. I, I mean, I don't think that Herbert's a world beater either, but if, if, if the conversation's between the two, then it's Herbert. Yeah, I think it's not only Herbert because of the price, but I think it's Herbert because Herbert has proven to be the better runner. Um, I, I mean, that's just kind of what, what we've seen. I mean, anytime Khalil Herbert comes into the game, he has 10 times the big game that David Montgomery had. Um, I, I just, I believe that. So Khalil Herbert... Uh, but right now he's placed on IR, so he'll be out for the year. David Montgomery is likely going to finish out the year, and they're going to have uh, Herbert kind of come back healthy next season, which would make a lot of sense because I think he's going to wind up being the starter next season. But that is our news around the league. Um, we're going to take a quick. I, yeah, I do have a quick quick hit for you though. Okay. So we had a we had a, a, a rash of tight end injuries this week, all season ending injuries. Yes, we did. I just want to point out there's two guys that I'm going to list. If they don't get signed by these teams, it's kind of a travesty. I know you don't necessarily like them, but I mean, if the price is right, sign Eric Ebron and yeah. and 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 sign Ricky Seals Jones. Yep, both. Those they're guys. both they're both waiting out there. Yeah, yeah. And I also I, want to point out that the Vikings have been making a really a large bit of signings on a discount for some players some tight ends that have started in this league and been decent in this league when they have started uh O'Shaughnessy did get signed he was from the the uh, as James O'Shaughnessy I believe his name is he's from from the Jaguars he started uh for the Jags and uh there was one other one the Vikings uh, brought on board um but the 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 point is is that like you're you're right Ricky Seals Jones and you can get Ricky Seals Jones on a discount Yes, because he's not been fabulous. I think on the right team, he could be great. Yeah, I agree. Um, and and yet Jared Cook's out there. I don't know if he's retired, but he is thirty four. But he could be he could be decent in a couple of games for you. But yeah, yeah. But Eric Ebron, as much as I didn't like him in Detroit, I mean, he had a good run in in Indy, and then he had his first year. He was good in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then the Vikings also signed Jacob Hollister, who who was uh, out there as well pair of young guys they're 25 years or older yet or less and uh they're you know getting signed on a discount so both very good signings but uh folks we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break and uh we're gonna jump back in here we're gonna go through the our top 10 forgetful five our rookie rankings and our scores or our predictions rather so uh folks we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right here right back right here on the outside blitz at it's your time massage you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Are you ready? Get ready, y'all. Get ready. And welcome back. 
back, ladies and gentlemen, the outside blitz. Tyler, I'm stealing your uh, reintroduction after after our little break here um, for for this time because we're going to be uh, letting you do a little bit of a business here. Uh, you haven't been around for the last several weeks. I know you've been a very very busy man. Um, you and I both. Uh, I'm dealing with the twins. You're dealing with the babies at home. Plus, you got work shit going on. You're traveling all over town. You're flying to texas you got family shit going on you are one of the busiest sons of bitches i know um uh, yeah not in a good not in a good way lately i mean whenever i leave for work it's never the best yeah yeah lately it's it's just been a crazy crazy time for you we're so glad to have you back on board but we were we were talking off the air you made a point a very valid point the valid point is that alex and i have been running the show for the better part of the last eight weeks here so thank you for that alex for stepping in and they're very big shoes to fill it's I, I get it. Are they really that big, or are they just really small shoes to fill it? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's but, like my my Tom Brady to uh, to Alex's Tim Tebow. It's, it's tough. I get it. <laughs> oh my good lord! <laughs> but uh, Tyler, I'm very excited to have you back. It's always a good time. Alex is very excited to have you back. We we missed you. But we've had we've been running the show for the last eight weeks. We've been very uh, candid and open about our feelings on things, but we haven't gotten your feelings on things and your takes about things. So Tyler's quick hits is what we're going to call this segment, and we're going to go ahead and, and I'm going to bow out. Alex is going to bow out. And Tyler, I'm just going to let you go on one of your little tangents because uh, you've needed one. You've needed to go ahead and, and you know, just kind of spout off at the mouth a little bit and, and – uh, go on your rants and whatnot so i'm gonna bow out here and i'm gonna let you do your thing because in like the four years that we've been doing this it's been four years we're in year four yeah we're in year four um we always we always laugh about well we do you don't but behind your back sometimes but we always laugh about here's the scott rant here we go (laughs) but what you don't get very often you don't you don't get the tyler rant very often no not at all we're gonna kind of turn this into a tyler rant but it's gonna be just like Encompass the whole league because like when I when I when I get going like I I I just want the whole world so we're just gonna we're just gonna take it all. That's fair. So we're we're gonna start off with the with the shittier conference the NFC. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm gonna as I do this I'm I'm gonna showcase I I have six teams and those who, those who are keeping track go ahead and keep counting I have six teams I'm gonna showcase as the only six teams with the chance. Everybody okay. else is either division hope is either playoff hopefuls that are just going to be bodies or your trash teams. Yep. Because you have you have those teams that make the playoffs. They're, they're just bodies. We 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 know they're they're going to be a one and done team. Maybe they pull off one ab- upset. But so here we can go. We'll start off in the in the NFC East. We're going to start off with team number one of my six as the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles have been on on a tear this year. There's been a lot of talks about about them being facing. Mediocre teams, but my point here is it's still we've talked about this. It's it's a league of professionals, and the and the bad teams they've they've gone out and beat up to this point. It's Washington. What's a division game? They've gone out and beat every team. Um, the the, the good teams they've they've hit. And you you look at the Vikings game. They they went and shattered the Vikings. Yeah, it was early season, but they the teams they they're supposed to beat they've gone out and beat. The teams that are good teams they've gone out and beat just just not as good. They, the bad teams you're supposed to go out and beat by a good margin up to this point. They've done that. So I, I, Eagles are one of are one of my my six teams with a chance. Super Bowl hopeful team still. The Giants, seven and two. I I can't take away from them. they have surprised a lot of people this year. They're a team that's probably gonna make the playoffs. Like to me, they're just kind of one of those pretender teams that are, that are just gonna they're gonna throw some shade in the playoffs, but they're no one's really gonna give a shit. 
Yeah, um, I agree. At the, at the, you need a good quarterback to kind of get you there, and you, you can't run yourself to, to, to the end of the earth. Like, when you start facing those good teams, Bar- Barkley's only going to be able to do so much because your, your defense isn't fabulous. And in and, and the playoffs, you need a quarterback, you need a defense. Yeah, the only question I have for you in that is, is Brian DeBall in the discussion for coach of the year? Right now, yeah. Oh, sure. I, I, and, and and he doesn't need to win the Super Bowl for that. I mean, because at that point, you're talking about regular season, and, and he's having a season like where me and you both ruled them as being last place. And here we are. They're 7-2 and two and better than 80% of the league right now. The ball, yeah, if we're, if we're doing a side conversation on, uh, on coach of the year, yeah, the ball's one of them. Yeah. Uh, Dallas. Uh, I predicted them to, to sneak in the playoffs. They're six and three. They're looking like they're going to be a team that makes the playoffs. I, they're doing exactly as I kind of projected. Um, Dak missed a couple games. So I think that's kind of part of where they're at. They, they're a team that could compete and, and get, give Eagles some fits. But I, I don't think they're quite Eagles level, especially the way Eagles are just turning their team around when they take a loss. Uh, Dallas is a better team than the Giants. The standings are fool's gold when it comes to that right now. Dallas is the second best team in this division. And, Probably a top five team in the NFC. I agree. Washington, they're they may be sort of in the playoffs right now. I think technically they're like tied for the seventh seed, but Washington's gonna bow out here. And Heineke's gonna is gonna slow down. The score, the points aren't really there. Even if it's once back in, Washington's just kind of barely hanging on by a thread, in my opinion. Heineke is is already been kind of slow, right? I mean, he hasn't been fast. I mean, it's just. You could you could really go. For it's, it's like we said earlier, the, the, the team, the team does rally behind him. I'm not going to take that from him because the, the, the team does act different when, when he's on the field. And I, I can't tell you why, but he is. <laughs> I can't tell you why. I'm just excited about it. <laughs> I don't think anybody can. Moving to the north, um, we're, we're, I'm going to have team number two with, with a Super Bowl hopeful. And that's and that's the eight and one Minnesota Vikings. Um. Before the Bills game, um, would they have been in my Super Bowl hopefuls? I, they'd have been right in the fringe, because they, they've had games where they've looked very human, which is kind of, and I'm, I'm sure you're not gonna, you can't ignore those, and those games still exist, because when it comes to playoff runs, you got to be hot, 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 and that's the one thing Minnesota needs to be able to do is maintain that hot streak. One thing I will <laughs> say is that Kirk Cousins has played the worst football statistically that he's played in his entire time as a Minnesota Viking. And they're still winning games. I want to see what happens if we get to that situation where Kirk Cousins gets hot and he actually plays like we know Kirk Cousins can play. Yeah. And the thing that's, that's going to be the thing is they got to stay hot. Cause like a week ago, yeah, they just beat the bills, but a week prior they escaped the commanders. Yes. Like I look, I look at a, a playoff run. The Vikings theoretically would have to go and beat. I'll just throw it out there. I'll just say in a row, they'll have to beat. Tampa Cowboys Eagles in a row. Can they do that? Can they say how long enough? The the the, the standings say they can. The, the 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 how good the team is says they say they can. But they they got they got to put it together. But they are one of my six teams that have a shot here. Yep. And actually, just something I want to throw out there. Another thing that you and I both bitched about when it came to my Vikings here is the shell defense from Ed Donatel and how bad we thought it was. That team has allowed so few points to be scored. That bend don't break is exactly what we're seeing out of the Minnesota Vikings defense this year, and it's crazy. And and you know how I feel about defense, right? Uh, Packers, I I put it in my bold predictions. They're they're on their way to being last this division. I don't care that they just beat beat the Cowboys. 
Uh, and it's not even Rodgers. Rodgers is playing. It's not even that Rodgers is playing bad. He has no team. Yeah. Like, he has no team. And we knew this going in. Like, I, I predicted them to miss the playoffs in, in the, before we started. Like, the writing's on the wall here. And Packers are on their way downhill. It's just what it is. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Lions. Oh, go ahead, Alex. I'm just saying, I'm here for it. I think we all are. Yeah, we all are. <laughs> the Lions. What I will say here is that they are a better team than their record is. They're they are better than a five, three and six. They're probably more of a five and five. I think. I think. I don't think anyone could really argue that too much. But I think. I mean, if we're talking about home runs, I hit. I hit this one out of the fucking park. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I predicted more wins than than they're than they're getting. But I, I called it. I, hell, my bold prediction was they're going to be a top three offense in the NFC. They're, they're going to do that. Yeah. But I also said they're going to, they're, they're, their crutch is going to be they're going to be historically bad on defense. And we are watching this unfold. Now, what I will say about that defense, because and I know how you feel about defense, and I know that how you and I feel about personnel moves in the second half or the, the offseason when those things go on, um, the Lions do have two first rounders two second rounders and a third rounder going into the draft. And they have arguably, I think it's what the third or fourth most cap space heading into this off season. There's going to be a lot of defensive additions. And I think you're going to see them go quarterback in the first round. And then the rest is going to be all defense for them. That's kind of where they're headed. I believe there is another Avenue. They could go at quarterback. And we'll talk about that one. I believe Hennon hooker is the guy. Well, it could be a guy that's already been playing in the league. Oh, Jesus Christ. But so, but back to the Eagles though, like they 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 have the Saints' first round pick. Like <laughs> the Eagles already dangerous are going to get a top five pick. Yep. This is <laughs> Eagles are are just they're just going from riches to more rich here. And like next year could be a dangerous dangerous year for them. Like yeah. if they do in the Super Bowl, they should be your favorite for next year as well. Yeah, the rich get richer. Uh, then we have the Bears. Oofa. We talked a lot about Justin Fields. What I will say is the way he plays, like I, I super appreciate like how how hard he plays. I, I think I do believe he really cares about this game, and a, a lot of this talk about how bad he is accuracy wise, I, I do think he'll take it to heart and attempt to make that better. I, I do. I, I don't think he's a bad kid. I, I, I think he, I think he plays hard, and he, hell, he's on pace to um to break Lamar's record right now, and he had a slow start. Um, but it's just, the passing's not there, and the, this Bears team's words. If they had a better run attack, if they had someone better than Montgomery and Herbert, I think this is a team that, that could be looking in better shape than they are. Yeah, If they would have held on to Roquan Smith, we'd be having a little bit different discussion about their defense. Well, and, and I'm sure you guys talked about it in the past shows. Um, Ravens stole Roquan. Yeah. But the issue is Roquan didn't want to be there. Because ownership didn't value him, wasn't paying him properly. So, like, Roquan was always going to go. Yeah, I, I agree. He, uh, Roquan Smith is is just. Um, I, I also want to point out that it's the exact exact same compensation that they got for the Khalil Mack move. Uh, the the two and what a two and a six, I think it was. And they paid more for him. Yeah, for Khalil Mack. Yeah, but, they, they the Khalil Mack. They, they gave up a two and a six. Ravens give up a two and a five for Roquan. I mean, they. Because you remember, we talked about it in the offseason. Um, they were the, the official offer that they gave Raquan to re-sign was like top ten money. It's like, bro, it's Raquan Smith. What are we doing here? 
And and I also want to point out some of the bad takes uh, as far as Roquan Smith goes, because when we're talking about Roquan Smith and and some of the bad takes I've seen out in Twitter land, which we know is like the bane of my existence sometimes, um, people saying, oh, Roquan Smith can't cover. And I, I've seen that. And his coverage grade hasn't been good this year. But think about it. This guy's been the only good player on that defense. He's been the only worthwhile one. And then and if you look at everybody else on that team, look at um, uh, his – Coverage grades from 21, from 20, and from 19. And tell me that that man can't cover. His PFF grades tell a completely different story. Because he could cover all three of those years. And he was fine. You know, so yep. I, I think that, that the Bears kind of gave him up for next to nothing. And I thought it was a silly move. I thought the Bears were trying to pay him far too little. Uh, uh, moving oh, moving into the South, I, I look at a division. I, I look at what I'm... The worst division in football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brady, <laughs> the yards are there for Brady, but the uh, the scoring's just not. I I do think we're looking at a situation that even if he says it, I think Brady retires for this year. Like, really retires. He says 50, but I don't, I, I don't buy it. Um, Is, the, do you think it's a wonder that he's won two straight ever since the divorce was finalized? Yeah, coincidence. I mean, it's not like they've won in like great numbers. Like they've won, but it's not like they've like won convincingly. Right. Um. They're okay. I mean, Chris Godwin's he like, he's he's as injuries prone as 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 injury prone gets. Um. The rest of the division, I, I'm I'm not even gonna spend too much time here. I mean, Atlanta. They they have they have the offenses that have no fucking clue how to use it. Drake London's good. Uh, yeah. Kyle Pitts could be great. Uh, Mary, by uh, you know what I will say, Mariota is playing his ass off, considering. Um, like, his, his stat line ain't gaudy, but he's he's getting it done. Limited throws, decent numbers for what limited throws he gets. Trusting the run game because like, we were talking about it earlier, but you you have two decent running backs in Al, in Algier and Patterson. Right, and I actually I think Huntley is good too, but uh, yeah. I believe right now they're overusing Algier, and they should be using Patterson a lot more than they are. Panthers are a dumpster fire right now. I, I, I don't even know how to really pinpoint what to do with this team right now. I mean, you'd argue they have the quarterback, but Baker looks like crap, and then he's headbutt his teammates. And I'm okay with them trading McCaffrey. If you, if you weren't going to re-sign him, I'm, I'm okay. I get it. Like, I'm, I'm big on if, if you can't keep him, trade him. Right. Like, like, like the Lions may not have gotten – a, a lot of great load for, for, for Hawkinson, but it was still better than letting him walk. Yeah, but I think the Panthers identified that that Foreman is a number one. Oh, and I, yeah. Foreman's, Foreman's great. DJ Moore's great. They they don't have a quarterback. They don't have a defense. Right. So build the team around Foreman and, and Moore. Yes. That's that's what the, the goal is there. Which that could be a conversation for a conversation we're going to have later. Right. A couple, couple spots here. But uh, Saints, I'm going to say it. They're a quarterback away from being dangerous. Yes. Olave's great. If, if Thomas can get healthy, Thomas proved to be great in, in, in the short period he was healthy. Kamara's uh, having a hell of a season um, if, if, if he can get rid of the uh, legal shit going on. But uh, Winston and Dalton are just not the guy. Nope. It just I, I, think they, I think they need a tight end. There's something that they need over there. And if Michael Thomas can't seem to get healthy, then they need to get themselves another receiver. There needs to be something needs to give. Uh, Camara also needs to. Let's also point out 
he's having a good season from a yardage perspective, but he only has one game where he scored a touchdown, and there were three of them in that game. Yeah, touchdowns are kind of a they're they're a kind of extra though. Like you got to be productive, and like what you, what you look for production is is consistency in yards. Right, but points wins games. That's sure. The thing. No, and sure. When we're talking about Alvin Kamara, the fact that he didn't score a touchdown until what was it, week nine? I think that that says something about. But the, this the, team has scored more points than the Buccaneers. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's an open. I know I keep shit on the Bucks, but like, but it, 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 it also goes back to saying true, like um. Yards are consistent, but also yards can be looked at as gaudy, too. Right. What's the yards without the points? Yep. Uh, going to the West and what's been a wild division is a wild turn of events here. Um, the team that, like, I, I'll admit, like, I had them going 0-17 and never win the division. Uh, but it, it, it's a double-edged sword. On one end, I, I lost this majorly. On one end, I get to make Scott just eat a massive shit burger on this one. The Seahawks, Geno Smith, holy shit. Where, did the, where was this? Where has this been? Yeah. Uh, I feel like Pete Carroll. Apparently, in the pan uh, when he subbed for Russ Wilson after he had his hand jammed. But, yeah. And he wasn't even that great then. He, he, he was good enough, but like it's not like what he's doing now. But I do think Geno Smith has been good enough. I think he's he's been one of the, the better game-managing types. I think he's more along the lines of an Alex Smith playing in Kansas City. And, and but Alex Smith, that, but that, that, can, that, can, that can run and move around the pocket better. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I just think he's kind of on that level where it's Alex Smith playing in Kansas City. I think Pete sure. Carroll kind of kind of looked at something and saw, hey, I can, I can utilize this guy in this way. Um, I'm surprised. Uh, very surprised at, at what that is. And do you think Geno Smith is the long-term solution over there? Do you think they're going to sign him to a long-term deal? The thing is, I wouldn't be against it because I think whatever that contract would it, it'd be cheap. Because oh, he's, yeah. he's playing well, but, it, but he's not playing well to get $30 million a year. Yeah, he's not He's not paying, playing $45 million a year quarterback. I'd, get, I'd, I'd, give, him, I'd give him 18 I would. I don't think that they're really in a position to draft a quarterback. Uh, to be well, honest. this year, no. We, right. I mean, they're they're so, playing too good. Right. Yeah. So, you know, so maybe you're, so maybe you're stuck with the man is what I'm starting to think. But is that really a bad thing? You know, so far the numbers are telling us that maybe it's not a bad thing. You know, I I'm not 100% convinced that Geno Smith is the guy, but he's the guy for now. For this right. situation, you know, you get you get you get a couple you get you put up a couple years under their belt. They'll, they'll be mediocre, and then they'll put themselves in a position where they they can draft their next quarterback or trade for the next for the better one. Yeah, and, I, I. And the and the other side of it too is um quietly and no one's talking about them, but um the Seattle defense is quietly playing very good football. Yes, they are. Uh, Tariq Wall um, in particular is my favorite player. Really? Uh, yeah, on that and we'll talk. About, we're we're going to talk about him more later. Yeah, he's he's my my favorite player on that on that defense. Uh, the yeah, he's, he's, he's been outstanding for them uh, as a corner. He got banged up a little bit last game, but ultimately on that defense, Tariq Wollin is my favorite player on that defense because he's um, such a solid rookie corner and he's played so well. Uh, Seattle's got themselves a stud there. And and there's there's been a couple of teams this year that have kind of hit the corner lottery, and uh, Seattle's one of them. Yes. Uh, Niners are are this weird team that I'm not sure what to make of right now. Um, yeah. 
on on one end, I I I want to put them in my like my Super Bowl hopefuls category, but then because their defense is stud too, but but they're 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 so up and down. I want to say that having McCaffrey, they eventually shoot to the moon. But I, I think I, I mean I think they win this division. I, as, as we we're talking about Seattle, but I think San Fran takes this. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're having an upward trajectory here, uh, and the CMC thing kind of puts them over the top. They do have a few defensive issues that were of guys getting hurt. They're, they have a very injured uh, defense right now, and they're still playing good. But but they still have a a a, a painfully injured defense with San Francisco. So uh, yeah, I, but I do agree with you. I think they take this division. Uh, Niners are just much like last year, Jekyll and Hyde. We we it's 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 tough to say what you what you get out of this team week to week. On on some weeks you see a team that could beat any team in football. Then some weeks they look like like what's your star power even doing? Yeah, I, they, there's some weeks where they look like the 2002 San Francisco 49er. Yeah, and even though I'm gonna I'm gonna own it, even I haven't got a chance to correct it. I'm. I did tell Scott, even though Scott, I'm gonna I'm gonna soak it up and own it. I the moment that they talked, they had the issue with the uh, Murray contract. I I did state that I wanted Eagles as my Super Bowl pick instead of Arizona, but I will I will own the the Arizona thing. But I, but I'm still gonna state like I I'm looking like a genius on that on that on the Eagles to the AFC, NFC Championship pick right now. Yep. But yeah. I mean, it, it's almost a lot, uh, you know, prevent, provided that they can continue. Uh, their upward trajectory. I mean, they got, and they can't play, they can't make too many mistakes, you know, especially no, when it, playoffs when, you know, it's, it's one and done football. Yeah. And, and you're four and six and you're in the NFC. So you have a chance here, but, but you're, you're, you're still, we're, we're starting to enter crunch time. So you, you got to, c- certain teams here got to start to figure the shit out or, or, or move on. I, I saw a graphic. I mean, just a really quick sidebar. I saw a graphic where like, there were teams that were in the hunt, and the three and six Lions were in the hunt for the playoffs. I was like, "What are we doing here?" Welcome <laughs> to the NFC. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, then you got the Rams. I mean, we've known since the beginning of the season. Um, Stafford's not been healthy. Uh, no. Not having Beckham's been a big hit for them. And and um, and honestly, I, as much as I hate to uh to do this, because I hate um giving Scott ammo. It's becoming very clear that Kevin O'Connell is a big part of this. Yeah, uh, and and I I said that earlier on this year, and and uh, after we saw the Rams kind of crumble in in Week One, the way that we saw them crumble, it became very very clear that that Kevin O'Connell was was the kind of the guy that stirred the drink there. Um, that that's just what it was. It I don't think the Rams' offense is as good as they we we originally thought. He's the the brain the brain trust behind that Rams offense that won a Super Bowl, and now you see the Vikings offense doing effective things and playing really well, getting Justin Jefferson schemed open in a lot of different looks. And um, Jefferson had a couple of down weeks that made me wonder, well, maybe this isn't the right thing. But then, I mean, if you look at his week since that, that week three, red hot, red hot. So yeah, and and actually, Kevin O'Connell, just so we're we're, we're while well, we're talking about him, also Coach of the Year candidate. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You're you're talking O'Connell. You're you're talking uh, 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 Giants. The ball. I think those are the two in the NFC. Um. I I have a I have a I have one I could listen to the other side too. We'll get there. But so going to the AFC. I've, I I said I had six. I've only listed two. So to, to no surprise, I have four four AFC candidates and two NFC candidates. Mm-hmm. 
But I think if, if if I were to ask you what you thought the breakdown would be, you'd probably say four and two. Yeah. The AFC is just, as we predicted, the stronger conference this year. Yep. But stronger in the weirdest way ever. Like stronger in all the wrong places. Yes. And it's wild. Um, so we'll start in the East, and that leads me to the current division winner and candidate for Super Bowl number three, the Miami Dolphins. Uh-huh. Yep. The connection between Tua, Hill, and Waddle is ungodly. We are we are we are approaching. We're not talk. We're not just talking about um like best duo in football. We're we're talking we're talking talking about like best duo in the history of football type of category. Yeah. Shit. Like through every week, we're talking about like top five. Like Hill and Waddle have been like top five in yards together, like every week throughout the season. We're we're talking one of the most deadly combinations receiver wise in the history of this league. Mm-hmm. And Tua is 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 gotten to the point where he's good enough to get it done. He Tua's no Lamar. He's no Mahomes. He's no Josh Allen. But Tua has proved a lot of people are wrong, and that, and he's he's figured out his deep ball game. I will say that if once he if when Tua is healthy, he's good, and that's kind of where we're at. He's he's been good every time he's been healthy, um, and his health for me has been always the primary concern. Was it when it comes to Tua Tungavailoa? Um, and and you and I have both shit on him because of the fact that he's been unable to be healthy, and. Um, here he is. I mean, we saw his his stat line last game. I mean, was it twenty eight for thirty three? I think it was. I, I mean, just some like that. Yeah, or uh, twenty five for thirty two. A uh, very good uh, number. He's very accurate. He's he's very precise in the way he's throwing the ball. Now, obviously, I could probably throw to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and be successful, but I I do believe that that um, Tua is just uh, he's proven a lot of us wrong, you and I included. Uh, and he, he's shown that he's one of the better quarterbacks in this league. So I, I'm pretty impressed, actually, with, with Tua and the way he's progressed this season. Yeah. And I, I will say um, Scott and I are eating a massive Alabama shit burger between oh, yeah. him and Hurts. Yep. Because yep. we have been so loud about both of them. No Alabama quarterback ever, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, we're we are eating shit hard. No, no, Hertz came, technically speaking, he came out of Oklahoma. Right, I mean, he was playing in Alabama, and he was part of those national championship teams. But you're right, you know, I think his senior year he did go to Oklahoma. But I think the point is still a very valid. We, we, all, we had considered him part of the Alabama tree when we were talking okay. about him. Right. Yeah, because he, we're we're still eating massive shit burgers because those two guys, uh, Jalen Hurts and Tua Tugavaloa, uh, have proven us Dead ass wrong. Mm-hmm. I agree. And granted, obviously, you want your team the Super Bowl. I want mine the Super Bowl. But story wise, because of how it happened, Dolphins Eagles would be a hell of a Super Bowl from mm-hmm. a story perspective. Oh yeah, yeah, show. Like fucking. Well, who? I can't remember. Who, I can't remember who came first on that one. It would have been uh, who took whose job? Tua took, uh, or I'm sorry, yeah, Tua took Hertz's job. Yeah, so like Hertz would be, he he'd have a chip on his shoulder in that game, and like, you you know it too. Um, the Jets, um, they are having a surprisingly good year. We projected they had a very good draft, and 
and welcome to the stat line. And they have had a very good draft. Yeah. Um, and that's a big reason why this team is doing what they're doing. And on top of that, I'm not going to say Zach Wilson's blowing the roof off, but he's playing good football. Uh, Joe Flacco played good football in the first three weeks. Um, they're 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 getting and and yeah you you, you um and, but the thing is like their receiving core is nothing super crazy to write home about. But they're getting the job done, and Brees Hall was a huge part of this team, and they're gonna they're gonna miss that in this back half of the season. But Jets uh, in in a in a conference where we're talking about like you you're either good or you're or you're not. Jets are saying we're one of the good teams. Yeah. Um, their draft was tremendous and the, the big part of that, that draft, obviously, and we've talked about him week over week over week is about sauce Gardner. Uh, sauce Gardner has just been outstanding for them. And really their defense has been way improved because of that. But not only that, um, I think Garrett Wilson has been okay for them. I don't think he's been as big of a stud as we thought he was going to be. We thought he was going to be the number one guy. He's become kind of more like a Tyler Lockett where he's good for about four weeks a year, four or five weeks. And then he, he kind of goes back down to, you know, you know, kind of pedestrian numbers. In I'm a gonna way. Go pull, I'm going to go ahead and pull this out of my pocket, though. Uh, I guess the reason for that is, you know, possibly it could just be, you know, quarterback preference. Like you, yeah. like we mentioned that Joe Flacco preferred to throw to Garrett Wilson over um, the other guy whose name escapes my my mind at this moment. Zach Wilson. Well, I mean, no, Zach Wilson's the quarterback. I'm thinking about the other receiver. Uh, oh, uh, Elijah, Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore. Right. So, you know, Joe Flacco preferred Garrett Wilson over Elijah Moore and Zach Wilson prefers Elijah Moore over Garrett Wilson. So, you know, perhaps it's just an offensive scheme thing. You know, I mean, it's his rookie year, so it's a valid point to make, in my opinion. Uh, you know, the time, time will definitely tell if uh, if Garrett Wilson starts to slow down, you know, as year two, three and four. But to your point, I mean, I just overall, the Jets have been probably one of the most pleasant surprises in the NFL this year. And fun to watch. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo, and that leads me to team number four of my six. Um, yeah, this is surprising. I mean, we, we yeah. thought Bills were number one with a bullet, you know. And they still may. They're only – they're a game back from the division and a game back from number one seed. They're still in number one seed category. It's, oh, yeah. Um, I, I, Miami – I think it's ludicrous to think that the Bills will not make the playoffs. Let's just no, they're it. making the playoffs. They're making you know, the playoffs. Yeah, they they had a two game skid. They're about to just smack Colts in the mouth here this week. Um, but Buffalo is a Super Bowl favorite. They're still playing great football, even in their losses. They've played good ball. Two of their losses on Miami and, and Vikings both came on late game mistakes. But but outside of that, it has been a good. I'm going to call it a good 59 minutes of football for the Bills in both those losses. Yeah. So like, yeah. to question B- Bills being a favorite here is ludicrous. They're 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 a team you do not want to play at any point. Yeah, I, I think they're. I'm with you there. I, I believe that they're still the most dangerous team in the AFC, or as far as I'm concerned. I think it's between them and the Chiefs. I think it's going to wind up coming down to Bills and Chiefs, and I think the Bills are going to have to exercise that demon of the Chiefs. Then um, that's any team that runs into them in this, this playoff situation. The chiefs are the team to beat. Um, but I do think the bills are the, the favorites um, moving forward. I, I still think that they're going to dominate this, this playoff move and they, they're going to wind up making their way to the super bowl. And then the phonies of the year, five and four currently in the playoffs, but have a weird co- quarterback controversy going on. Um, 
to me, the New England Patriots fall off the map here. I, I, I don't know how they'll still sit here relevant. Um, if, and if I'm wrong on this, I'll, I'll leave that shit burger. But I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say like I, I don't see the Patriots being within two games of the playoffs at the end of this. They're relevant because their defense, and that's what's been yes. relevant. Their defense has been tremendous. They, I think they have the number one defense in football right now. Um, and, and they, and I believe it's the number one scoring defense as well. I, I think their, their defense is just awesome. Um, and that's been really keeping them in games. The fact that they had the, the Bailey Zappi, Matt Jones situation go on is, is silly. Um, but the Patriots, that's what it is. It's their defense. Yeah, it's, they don't, no, it's, it's silly. Bailey Zappi's better. Move, move on. Right. <laughs> I actually agree with you. I think Bailey Zappi's the better quarterback. I think Matt Jones got exposed this year. Yes. But we called it out last year. Couldn't throw more than five yards. <laughs> yeah. As soon as, as soon as we saw him in that 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 wind game, that wind game yes, against Buffalo, the Bills. Like, oh, yeah, he has no arm strength. It's something. Um, going to the north, and this leads me to um Super Bowl hopeful number five. Um, I think the Ravens are still in that category, and it's mo- it's mostly because I look at the games against the Bills and the Dolphins, in which they had um double digit leads against both of them. This is to me. This is clearly a team that can still smack a Super Bowl type team in the mouth. And if 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 we're talking about if if they were if they if they can figure out their closing out games thing, we're talking about a favorite. Yeah. yeah. Um. The defense has been a problem. Part. I know technically, um. The 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 past defense has been viewed the worst, but it but it's it's if you, if you look at if you look at the game to game. It's it's on the uh the the the, the pass the pass rush. Yep, absolutely. Because uh Humphrey is um his he's arguably one of the best been been one of the best corners in football. He's he's been doing his job and Peters has too, but at the same time, how good you are as a corner, if if the quarterback has twenty seconds to throw, there's nothing you can do. Yep, absolutely. And that's where we're at. And I we're talking about a situation where this week and we didn't really talk about it to, to news wise, but David Ojabo is back. And uh but he's he's going to have his debut here, and I think David Ojabo coming into this game is going to be a a a big pull for this for this defense. Um, and and, and, well, I, and I'm not trying to be super homer here, but I I do think David Ojabo, when healthy, is was a first round guy. He's a little raw. I'm sorry, I'm moving a microphone around here. You're okay. Um, just and Ojabo could be a big bust here. But I think um, if, if Ojabo comes back healthy from this this injury, it's about a month later than he was hoping for it to be. But if he comes back healthy, like like 100% like how he was, Ravens have a steal here. And I'm yeah. hoping that – I hope it's the case. I'm not going to say – like, I'm not going to – I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to be the case because you, you got to see what he does. But if, if he plays anywhere close to what he was in Michigan, he, he's as good as, as, as Hayden. He could very well be. Um, Ojabo is just kind of one of those interesting uh, uh, pieces where you just don't know which Ojabo – you don't know how he's going to arrive in the pros. You don't, you don't know what he's going to be in the pros. And that's one thing I, I just, I have concerns with. I, oh, no, I, and I, and I'm with you on that. Yeah. And little, I, but I, well, I think with him there, um, no matter what you have Ojabo, you have, uh, um, Adafi Owe, and you have Justin Houston between those three guys, you need two pass rushers. I, I think the three of those guys can really figure that out. For sure. I, I think that is definitely the case. I, yeah, I, you know, I, think, I do think Adafi Owe is going to be a great compliment for him. That's yeah, and, and I think part of that, too, is that Owe is still kind of figuring things out. He, he was on our rookie rankings for a while last year, and he ended up falling off. Houston's sure. having a phenomenal year. Yes, he is. He's having um, a wonderful year. 
Hughes is the kind of guy that can really rally Owe and, and Ojabo up. I agree. I think I think Houston could. Do you think they're going to have a guy like David Ojabo playing like a stand-up role? I guess is a good question because I I think that that you know if you have David Ojabo playing a, a stand-up linebacker role, or do you think he's going to be a hand in the dirt type of DN? I think he can play both. Yeah, I mean, I I think he was more stand-up at Michigan, to be honest with you. Yeah, so I think you could go that route because because Houston can play both. Sure. So. If 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 Ojaba gets it fig- Ojaba gets it figured out, you could realistically have Ojaba have the Ojaba Owe connection being your your stand up rushers, and Houston can play the end. For sure. Which I, I if if things work out, that could be dangerous. But there there is the questions on Ojabo, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna run away from that. Um, but there there is a lot to be hopeful for in this defense. Yeah, there there is a um. I think David Ojabo is just one of those guys to me that you're you're going to have him playing a lot of different roles. I think Adafi Owe is something special. I think that that you guys have some issues with your corners on the defensive side of the football, and you're going to require a guy like David Ojabo to be something special. In yeah, order- see, I, I see. I see. I view it being more of an issue with the pass rush that's just forcing the corners to work harder. Yeah, it might very well be. Um, you got, but you have had some injuries on the back end as well. Sure. That have caused some problems. Uh, Which. And- I'm kind of. I mean, I'm. I'm glad we didn't trade Chuck Clark because we lost Marcus Peters for the year. And right. what sucks is Marcus Peters was having a, a like a career year before he got hurt too. Yes, yeah, a very good year. Like I, I believe like when he got hurt, he was he was leading the league in, in interceptions. Definitely. Um, and but and uh, the Ravens are going to wind up. Uh, I think down the stretch here, they're going to wind up having one of the more dangerous defenses in this league. Yeah, and, and people are going to are going to underestimate it because they're being viewed as a as a, as a twenty ranked defense, but. We're getting to a point where we're going to be much higher than that. Sure. But I know I'm getting long-winded here. But my, my, I guess my point here is um, we're talking about a Ravens team that um, for the first time in 10 years, they went the first 10, the first nine weeks and having – in every game they've had, they've had a double-digit lead. We're talking about a team that can, that can, that can smack a team right now. I, I, and I, I do think this team could beat any, any of the best teams in the league. As they, as they kind of showed with the Bills and the Dolphins, like they had leads and arguably could should or could have won those games. Yeah, yeah, they they did. So I, and you know me, I, I love Ravens being looked. I, underdog is where Ravens play best. So I I hope they stand by that. Like the the the, the league just doesn't think of Ravens as being a threat because that's when they're going to smack you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, plus their their schedule is super cake. We talked about it earlier. Yeah. They, they they don't it's play off. anybody. It's off schedule. Like they're six and three already going through the hard part of the schedule. They're in good shape. Yeah, definitely. They're they're gonna wind up. I, I they have a very valid a very reasonable shot at winding up as the one seed at the end of the season if they continue on the trajectory they are, especially with the soft schedule coming up. I could actually yeah. see the Ravens being the one or two seed. Um, yeah, the Bengals are the only game they have left and. Speaking of the Bengals, um, Bengals are in a weird spot right now. They're five and four. They're doing okay. Their line, as much as they put money in their line, their line is not performing. No. And this team is struggling. Chase is hurt. Um, Boyd and uh, Higgins are tr- doing their best. The issue I have here is the Bengals still have Bills, Miami, Chiefs, Bucks on their schedule. Big matchups. We're they, talking about a team that if, if they they have to win a couple of those or if they're going to be toast in this AFC. 
Not, we're not just talking the North. We're talking the like making the playoffs at this point. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. They've, they've got a tough – it's tough sledding for them. And, and the opportunity that they had, in my opinion, to be like the shit that they were last year, the opportunity that they had kind of went out the window when they started the season slow because mm-hmm. their soft games were early in the year. And, and they're, they're only five and four. Like their I, chance was to have a two-game lead in the Ravens right now. Right. And, and, and now they're a game back and they have the harder schedule. Bingo. That's where they should be. They should be ahead and they're not. And they should be, they should be seven and two right now. Realistically, yes. that's what they should be. Like if, if they were a game up, we'd be talking a dog fight. But we're, 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 but now we're talking about a situation where Baltimore is probably going to run with the division. Yeah. I think unless, unless they screw up, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, that's kind of where we're headed here. Like Baltimore has to royally fuck up in order for the uh, Bengals to wind up in a situation yeah. where they're they're running away with that division again. Uh, then you got the Browns. Um, the three and six is what we predicted when 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 we're starting the year. Jacoby Brissett, but I'm going to give Brissett a pat in the back. He, he's he's playing amicably here. He's playing his ass off. It's not showcasing in the record, but he's trying hard here. I mean, you can try. Trying is fine. But, <laughs> you know, you, you got to win. That's the thing. I mean, the, you're, you're trying your ass off. Hey, good for you. But it's hey, got he's, to- he's put up decent stats. He's keeping his team in games for the most part. He's, he's keeping teams in games more than we projected they were going to, is my point. Then you got the Steelers, which is right where we kind of projected. Um, Brissett wasn't good, or not Brissett, uh, Trubisky wasn't going to be the guy. They they rushed in Trubisky or, or Pickett as we projected they were going to. And here we are. They ain't doing dick. Not at all. And Total mess, if you ask me. I, I, I honestly, I'm looking at it and I'm going, eh, eh, that's, that's a shit show. Yeah, it's 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 not fabulous, and it's just where we're at, and and it's welcome to the new era, the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Steelers, and this is one of those like you and Alex were cheering about Rogers. This this is my cheer session here. Like yeah, it's so no great to see the Steelers just be trash. Yeah, I know you hated Big Ben for a while, and uh, that's kind of where we're at. Big Ben is no longer there, and Kenny Pickett is kind of not doing well. I, I mean, no. like. I mean, as a rookie, and it's like you said, he got kind of thrown to the wolves. And I agree, he got thrown to the wolves in that situation, and it's unfortunate. Part of me wants to see Kenny Pickett really be successful. And then the other part of me is like, it's the Steelers, so fuck them. But at the same time, I really, you know, I think Kenny Pickett is something special. Um, I think he's in a bad situation and kind of with a bad squad. Uh, he, George Pickens is your number one. Eh, I'm you know, you lost Chase Claypool, and you're not. But you're. But the thing is, you're not utilizing Deontay Johnson. Yeah, you're not utilizing Deontay Johnson. Najee Harris proved to be fool's gold. I, I mean, it's really just kind of a bad situation all around now at this point, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, in the South, Tennessee, while they're seven and three, I, I think they're just kind of that team that's going to exist in the playoffs. They're going to get walloped in the first round if they have to face a. Bills, Dolphins, Ravens, or Chiefs team? Oh sure, I agree. Um, they're they're doing okay. I mean, you got Derrick Henry; he's keeping you in games, but 
you're in a bad division because the Colts were the Colts because the Colts are proven to be fool's gold a little bit. Um, Matt Ryan, even though I projected he's going to be a top three quarterback in the AFC, is not proving to do that. Um, the uh, the co- the coaching changes and and JT not really coming through. Colts are kind of falling apart here, and they're what they're going to be. It's unfortunate. I I really thought the Colts were going to be a little more competitive in this division. Uh, and and Jonathan Taylor, he's just not there. He it's like I expected far more out of Jonathan Taylor um, than we've gotten, and it makes me extremely sad that that Jonathan Taylor is is not or has not performed up to snuff. I know he's been dealing with some injuries. But um, the you know when he's dealing with those injuries, uh, uh, you know Deion Jackson has stepped up. But I mean, like when he's not dealing with the injuries, Jonathan Taylor still hasn't been the guy. Other than this last game where Jeff Saturday yes. said, "Oh hey, let's run you 147." <laughs> but that it, I don't know. I a little underwhelmed by Jonathan Taylor, and and that's kind of where we're seeing. Um, and uh, we have a, our fun our fun uh, uh, buddy here, Alex Steele, has arrived in studio. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. He's made it. uh, He was driving through a snowstorm recording with us today. In Uh, Buffalo? I think that has to be an outside blitz first. Yeah, yeah. We've we've never had somebody recording in a a snowstorm while driving. Was Um, it in Buffalo? First thing you could have done. Well, maybe. Not really the most dangerous thing. I mean, there's other things. But still... Uh, Alex is is here. He's in studio. It's good to have you here, sir. I'm glad you're uh, you've arrived. He's he's making all kinds of noise at the stand. <laughs> yep. <laughs> See, I used to do that shit. Yeah, yeah. Ty, except Tyler used to have this little clip here. He used to cling it and it <laughs> my ears so bad. Uh, Jacksonville, um, they suck, but but uh, but um, Lawrence is making positive strides. I, I'm 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 here for it. Etn is just shutting the world down. He's been one of the best backs in the league. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, ETN is something different. Uh, I don't think he's, frankly, I don't think he's James Robinson by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, he's better. I, I see. I don't know. I have questions about that. I think James Robinson is. You know what James Robinson is, and and I I keep making reference to this player, but James Robinson is Alfred Morris. He's Alfred Morris 2.0. James Robinson is just the most underutilized back I've I've seen in this league in a long time. Uh, since Alfred Morris went to Dallas and became like the fourth string running back after leading the league and rushing two years straight. Um, yeah, I, I fully believe that James Robinson is underlooked, overlooked, underutilized, and just a guy that that doesn't get enough credit. And and he was a stud for Jacksonville, and they just didn't use him right. And at the same time, I do think ETN is something special. Um, ETN is, is a good running back. He's faster than hell. Uh, I just have questions about what ETN is going to be um, – capable of in the long term and if he can stay healthy that's the only thing for etn is the health especially uh dealing with the liz frank injury that he dealt with last year i want to see if etn can stay 110 percent healthy uh down the line here for sure and, and he, he got hurt last year and he's the ender but I don't, I don't see that being an issue long term right 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 um texans it's kind of what we thought i mean scott was a big davis mills fan for a little while there and i was you and, know uh, He's not the guy. I think he's not the guy. I also think he's in a bad situation. And also I don't, true. And I don't think that situation is going to get any better. Um, I think he was in a decent situation when he was at Stanford, you know, and I, I was a big Davis Mills guy. Because of what I saw um, at his pro day, obviously I've, I've talked about that before, where his pro day, this guy was dropping bombs and pouring ass rain and, and just looking beautiful during doing it, you know. He gets drafted. He he 
winds up in an unfortunate situation in Houston. Granted, he was a, a kind of a he was a, a day two or three pick. I think he was day a day two. He was the third rounder, if I'm not mistaken. But I believe you're right. Yeah, he's he's the kind of player that wound up in a bad situation, and and he has no receivers over there that are worth talking about other than Brandon Cooks. And Brandon Cooks is pissed off, and he doesn't want to be there. And you know they haven't had a running game over there. They haven't had a defense over there. They haven't had. Uh, they had Damian Pierce. Yeah, and then, but then Damian Pierce finally showed up this year, and Houston's been decent. But I mean, one running back is not going to save the entire team, and and that's the unfortunate reality. Damian Pierce to me is the second coming of Arian Foster when he's healthy, but I mean that's kind of what it what it is at this point. I think Davis Mills uh, wound up in a bad situation, and it's going to condemn condemn him to uh, being a backup for the rest of his career. Uh. Going to the West, finally, uh, and my sixth and final Super Bowl hopeful here is the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, yeah, Chiefs are looking to be a number one type seed here. They're 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 doing Mahomes is doing Mahomes things. Um, they're they're doing fabulous. Patty Mahomes uh, is going to do what Patty Mahomes feels like doing. Yes, the Chargers, I think, is an underrated team. Um, I I think the Chargers can still smack a team in the throat and, and upset a team in the playoffs. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, but I, I think there's still a very talented team that's gotten riddled with injuries this year. That is a very underrated team, and I think Justin Herbert has been doing his absolute best. Uh, he hasn't had the best year. He's been doing his best with a bad wide receiver core. Um, losing Mike Williams, losing Keenan Allen is big, but I feel like they, they need to go into that draft, and they need to draft a receiver that's worth something. Go into that first round, get yourself a wide receiver that you know is going to be healthy. At least you're going to have a big three at that point, right? You'll have Keenan Allen, you'll have Mike Williams, and whoever that star rookie is. Well, and we're, we're getting close to the point where Keenan Allen's getting older here. Oh, 32, 33 now? Like, it's it's making me feel old because I've never talked about Keenan Allen's rookie year, and here we are, he's about done now. Like, yeah, yep, that's true. So, but, I mean, uh, it, it's making for an interesting situation now. Uh, we're, we're dealing with this uh, – this Justin Herbert situation because he's he's going to get paid by them, but you know at this point he's what I think he's ranked 15th in the league something like that. I mean he's he's a good quarterback. I do still think he's better than Tua. I said it on the last show. I'll say it here. I still think he's better than Tua. I think Tua's got a better situation though. And and if you if you were to if you were to put Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter on the Miami Dolphins and say, hey, Tua, these are your receivers, do you think Tua Tungavailoa is going to be successful? No. Exactly. And I think that that's what Justin Herbert's dealing with, and a lot of people are shitting on Justin Herbert because of that is what he's got to deal with. If Justin Herbert wound up with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, we're having a different conversation. Justin Herbert has the worst situation of him, Tua, and Burrow, but he's the best quarterback of the three. I agree. Not about. And – the last two I'm going to kind of tag team together here. Um, Broncos and Raiders. We both had our season projections when it came to Broncos and Raiders. I will state that I was right on the Broncos missing the playoffs. I just didn't think it would be this bad. <laughs> yeah. But um, what's, how's that sound go? The, the boom, 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 boom. Yeah. It, it was- Raiders and Broncos have been trash. Yeah, and I I feel bad for guys like Carr and and Jacobs and and Adams because they're playing their ass off. <clears throat> bad coaching for the Raiders and Russell Wilson is who we thought he was. Yeah, after last season, I thought it was a ballsy move of them to sign that contract, knowing what his hand injury situation was, and knowing what we saw out of him last year. I I just I thought it was an interesting situation, and here they are. 
they they uh, uh, signed him to way too much money, and I don't think he's able to kick out of this situation. The the Broncos are going to have to eat a shit burger for the long term. Russ Wilson is not the guy. I agree with you, but I also think part of this is Nathaniel Hackett. I think Nathaniel Hackett is a dumbass. I don't think he knows what the hell he's doing over there. No, and, and you you watch the way he's. The run game in particular is, is the part where I'm going, ah, that guy doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. The run game, Chase Edmonds, Melvin Gordon, it's all up in the air. But, but Tyler, that, is that? That's my Tyler quick hits. I just want, I just want everyone to know what my opinion was because I've been gone for a while. So I hate some teams, love other other teams. And, and if you don't like my opinion, I guess fuck off. Yeah, so, yeah that's what we want. But uh, – Tyler, we've got our, our uh, top 10 to run through here. Um, so do, do you have the, the – should I go through these top 10s? Do you want to go through the top 10? I mean, what are we um, – Basically, I, I did the rookie combined, but I basically just looked at your list and said, I approve of it. We'll move on. Okay. So go ahead and run through it. <laughs> so top 10 performances uh, for week 10 in the NFL. Um, we're going to start out with number 10, Tua Tungavailoa, 25 for 32, 285 yards, three touchdowns on the day. Um, having himself a hell of a time. He was really accurate uh, in this game. And, uh, you know, Jalen Waddell and uh, Tyreek Hill are uh, obviously, th- like you said, Tua, Waddell, Hill are all kind of ping-ponging off each other. It's, and they're all benefactors. It's been a dangerous combo. And yeah. Tua, when he's not been in concussion protocol by uh, bad uh, doctoring, I guess, yeah. um, Tua has been been an MVP can- caliber candidate up outside of a couple games he missed. Yeah, what'd you say there, Alex? <laughs> well, it's like when he's not when he's not on the floor during game zones, Andre's picking up some player on the helmet trying to throw football. Right, right, right. But ever since ever since that injury, keep that in mind, guys. Ever since that injury, and ever since that, ever since that, uh, it's been you know it, we we've seen the show you know progress. Yeah, yeah, we've we've seen Tua Tungavailoa and and what he's capable of. Um, and ever since that that concussion situation, he's turned into a stud. So I, I want to see what he what he uh, does moving forward. But Tyler, I, I am with you here. I do think the Miami Dolphins are one of the more dangerous teams. Uh, are one of the more dangerous teams in the NFL. Uh, number nine goes to Devontae Adams, the one guy that is really majorly performing for the Raiders. Nine receptions, 126 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Adams, I don't know if he's completely lived up to the contract that he got with the Raiders, but I also think this is a McDaniel situation more than anything. Derek Carr hasn't performed great, but he hasn't been bad. I am, uh, okay with Devontae Adams, but in this particular game, he had himself a hell of a game. Nine receptions, 126 and a touchdown. Um, um see, I, that's why I just kind of disagree. I, I, I think he's having himself a hell of a year. I mean, he's on pace for like 1300 yards, which would be on pace for like his second best season. So I'm okay with it. Okay. Well. Eh, all right, I'll take it. Uh, number eight, however, goes to Patrick Peterson. Uh, Patrick Peterson had himself one great game versus the Buffalo Bills. He had a 91.2 coverage grade in that game against Buffalo, an 81 PFF grade on the year, uh, two interceptions, just 46 yards given up on four catches. He had himself a hell of a game against the Bills, and uh, he's having him ha- himself a hell of a year. Patrick Peterson, can we just – like like it's like old man energy in here, man. He's yeah. he's showing up. And <laughs> it's it's a uh, you can uh 
Um, you you can tell this is this is a Scott produced list because um, there's always that random Vikings player that makes it both on the good side or the bad side. Mm. But 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 um, in this his two interceptions were were both very critical in that game. So I I'm 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 here for it in this particular case. Peterson's having a much better year than he did last year. Yeah, well, Patrick Peterson, I mean, an 81 PFF grade for a a corner at 33 or 34 years old right now. He's basically hitting the back end. He's on the back nine. We know he is. Patrick Peterson has been playing some of the best football that we've seen out of him in the last four years. And I, I don't, I and I understand it, but I'm saying like, based on if we're basing on last year, he was like should have been dropped, cut, kind of. Like he wasn't, he wasn't great. He wasn't great, but he wasn't but bad. He's he's resurging this year hardcore. So I, I and he's he's my we're, we're talking about my favorite corner in the history of football. So I, I'm it, it's it's nice to see. I just wish it was on the Vikings. Right. I mean, and it's not <laughs> me just just you know roster baiting here. I mean, like it's it's the fact that that we're looking at Patrick Peterson and in that Buffalo game a ninety one point two coverage grade. I I think that's something. Oh to yeah. Talk about. I fully agree. Yeah, and, and and for him to be able to do that and be that effective, that's that's something really special. Uh, number one goes to he's 150. Does something special. I'm with it. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a hell of a game. He's, he's continuing just to have, a, have himself a hell of a year. Yeah, if he can stay healthy, Saquon, he's one of the best running backs in football. If he can stay healthy. I, I don't know if he's cracked 1,000 yards yet. Uh, one of my bold predictions was that he wasn't going to crack 1,000, and then he was going to get hurt. Yep, well, I'm waiting for right. it. He's We're close to 1,000. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he's over 1,000 yet. And I think he realistically be- he's only really hurt the one year because last year he was he was healthy, just not great, if I recall. Wasn't there- I thought there were two seasons of, of knee and ACL issues. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, number six, however, goes to Aaron Jones. 24 carries, 138 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he's probably one of the only Packers players that's really uh, been producing in a major way. Um, and he's actually been producing really well, quietly well. Uh, everybody thought, and myself included, that A.J. Dillon was going to be a lot more productive than he was. Uh-uh, it's all Aaron Jones. Uh, and he's Called he's, it. Yeah, you did. He he took that spot, and he's just been the guy. Yeah, Aaron so, Jones is top five in yards. Yep. So he's been a stud this year. Aaron Jones winds up as number six. Number five is the resurging Jonathan Taylor. 22 carries, 147 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he's been dealing with ankle injuries all season long, and here we are. Jonathan Taylor finally gets back on the field, gets some love from Jeff Saturday, gets some of that Jeff Saturday genie magic, and he comes running in there for 147 in a touchdown. JT looking fabulous this week. Uh, instance where uh, uh, Frank Reich didn't know what he was doing either. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, perhaps. Tyler, do you think Frank Reich didn't know what the fuck he was doing with Jonathan Taylor? Um, For the most part, yeah. You got, you got to feed in the rock 30 times, and, and he just wasn't doing that. And then... There's the injuries, too, but I, I think Frank Reich was a big part of it. Yeah. Uh, number four goes to a guy that I hate putting on this list. His stat line's great. I understand. I don't think it's as great as everybody thinks. Justin Bustin Fields, uh, 12 for 20, 167 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw a pick. 13 carries, 147 yards, and two touchdowns. He had 314 yards from scrimmage, four touchdowns from scrimmage. 
Look, I understand, like I said, folks, he's lighting up your fantasy team. Okay, I get that. Just understand that, you know, he's got to learn how to throw the ball, the ball effectively to be a great quarterback, but it doesn't change that this stat line was pretty damn good this week. Yeah, we, we can we, we can put him in the end here all day because 147 yards and two touchdowns on the ground is, is, is great. Don't get me wrong, but you got to be a quarterback for your team too. Yeah. He lost against the Dolphins and lost against the Detroit football Lions. Yep. Yeah, he he did not play well, uh, or he he did play well, but the the, the those other teams were just better. Um, number three goes to C. D. Lamb, eleven receptions, hundred fifty yards, and two touchdowns. This is the first time we've had C. D. Lamb on this list all year long, and it hasn't been that he hasn't been good. He just hasn't been top ten good. Um, and C. D. Lamb winds up as number three in this situation. He gets uh gets some love. I think it's more uh. A- Apparent that uh, you know they're missing Amari Cooper in Dallas, so they do have <coughs> they do have C.D. Lamb, they do have uh, the tight end, um, heck is his name? Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz. Yep. And they also have Michael Gallup. Uh, you know, a wide receiver three. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so they do. St- you know, Dak still has some weapons to throw the ball to, and C.D. Lamb has proven, you know, that you know he was a wide receiver two under Amari, so he could be wide receiver one now that he's gone. I think a big issue is that C.D. Lamb had Cooper Rush throwing him the football for X amount of weeks. Yeah. <clears throat> Dak understands C.D. Lamb, and Dak likes C.D. Lamb, and Dak makes sure that C.D. Lamb gets the ball. That's probably why we haven't seen C.D. Lamb on this list very often. But C.D. Lamb arrives number three on this list. Number two goes to the man. Your boy. My boy. Justin Jefferson, 10 receptions, 193 yards, and a touchdown, including the most sexy. The, the most sexy, beautiful, perfect, badass, eat your heart out, Odell Beckham Jr. one-handed catch in double coverage. Just a great play. The game-saving catch. Uh, Justin Jefferson, wow, what a game for him. Ten receptions, 193, and a touchdown against the Bills. Situational football. Yes, sir. Tyler, what's your take on that? As a hell, I mean, Justin – I said before the season started, Justin Jefferson is my favorite receiver in football. He is my favorite player in football right now, too. <laughs> he is the the man. Um, and and uh, could you possibly make uh, comparisons to uh, one um, Chris Carter? Uh, you know what? I think he's more along the lines of a Randy Moss type. Okay. Um, I do That's think fair. he's he's great, in, but I think he's a great combination of the two because he's great in possession, and he's great on the deep balls, and he's able to make contested catches. Um, there's a little bit more, uh, there's that Chris Carter flamboyance to him. I don't think that there is the disrespectful Randy Moss flamboyance to him. I go. think, I think it's, it's that route. Play the fifth. And what did I say when that one handed catch happened? I acted like Donald, Donald Trump. And I said, I'm going to come. <laughs> and so that's what it is. And the number one, however, goes to Patty Mahomes, his new 26 for 35, 331 yards, four touchdowns on the day. He did throw a pick. But, uh, man, what a day for Patrick Mahomes. And a majority of those touchdowns came in the first half of that game. Um, Mahomes lines up as number one on the list. And actually oh, yeah. right now is leading our our uh, MVP voting, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think it's starting to become a landslide. Yeah, in I have no idea. So, uh, If I'm not mistaken, I've been keeping track. Right now it's it's Mahomes by a landslide. Um, and, and it's getting pretty bad. I, I think do think Jefferson is also trailing him, though. It's it's kind of between the two of them at this point in time. 
Now, uh, on the Forgetful Five, where we shit yep, on people. So this is where um, I did approve your list, but I'm going to bail out somebody and replace your five. Oh, wow. Well, my Russell five was Wilson, Russell Wilson gets bailed out. He gets bailed out. Okay. A.J. Brown replaces him. Oh, yes. A.J. Brown. Yep. His one A rece- guy who's been great all year has one reception for seven yards. Russell Wilson gets the, bail, gets the Tyler Dean bailout here, and A.J. Yeah. Brown replaces him here. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. So I can understand that. So hey, we'll call A.J. Brown our number five. I, I stand corrected. I will be corrected in that situation. Yep, I agree. Uh, A.J. Brown is going to get number five. Number four, however, goes to the Eagles' defense as a whole. Um, They couldn't stop the commander's running attack, couldn't get off the field. They gave up 40 minutes and 24 seconds. Yeah, of time. And, and, and it wasn't just the running attack, because I still stand by. like the, They weren't very productive in those runs. But um, the, the key thing here is, and I agree with you, is the time possession. Yeah, and, and Terry McLaurin had 128 yards receiving on the day, too. Uh, so, I mean, it is it is worth mentioning him. But the Eagles' defense, uh, they had 24 minutes that they they uh, uh, gave up in the first half to the, the commanders. I mean, 81 total offensive plays for the commanders in that game, just an outrageous time of possession. Uh, Eagles' defense is number four. Number three goes to the biggest statue in the game, Andy Dalton. 17 for 27, 174, one touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, Dalton didn't look good in this game, and he hasn't looked good all year. I think he is just hot garbage. The Saints need to be in the market for a quarterback. They need to start looking uh, ASAP. Uh, Number two goes to Latavius Murray, nine carries for 24 yards. He had a 2.7 average. Trash. Trash. yeah, absolute hot garbage. But number one goes to a guy that I never thought we would see as number one on this list, Kenneth Walker. Uh, Ten carries for 17 yards. He had a 1.7 average. Oof. Ouch. Painful. Oof. Painful. So uh, that is our, forgot, our forgetful five. Tyler, let's talk about rookies. Yeah, because now uh... – Scott can't just run wild in his own rankings because, we, as we know from last year, um, Scott and I, Scott and I have very different philosophies on certain things. It was the, it was the Humphrey versus Chase for a long time. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, and and it, it was Humphrey, and and I I believed that Creed Humphrey, and he actually turned out to be the best offensive lineman in all of football last year. So I I do think that it was it was Humphrey versus Parsons all year long. Well, it was Humphrey, Chase, and Parsons, pretty yeah. much. And and you loved yourself some Parsons. And and, and Parsons having himself another good year this year. Yep, he is. And Creed Humphrey also having himself a good year this year. I, I don't know if it's as good as last year, but Creed Humphrey is still one of the best centers in football, one of the best offensive linemen in football. But we you know, we had the, the battle of, of Parsons versus Humphrey, and I didn't have anybody, uh, uh, you know, out, outing Creed Humphrey here. But I do have I do think that this this uh, ten rookies here that we have lined up are are pretty worthwhile. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, it's it's skewed a little bit, but honestly, we're 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 pretty on key right now. Yeah, we're we're I, I had a feeling we were pretty in lockstep. This one is much more definitive. Yeah, than, it's, it's not as wild as last year because I feel like like eight through ten was like a never changing like open door. It's just not the same way this year. Yeah, we keep um, seeing these. Like Alex just said we keep seeing these guys week over week. Yes. Uh, these same same ten guys. It's starting to become very solidified and definitive on who is our top guy. 
And and but that's the where issue I have here is is last year we had three guys that were like it was one, two, and three, and then everyone else. Right. This year I feel like it's one through six than everyone else. Really? In, you think in my that, opinion. I, I, think I think it's kind of one in everyone else. Well, uh, yes, I, I agree. But I feel like um the 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 definitive list of um I think we can go through six for sure and say these guys aren't aren't leaving the list. Right. But last year, like the top five like five on, I felt like it was always just kind of just Yeah. This yeah. year is it's it's a lot more solidified. But no, I agree I agree, I, I could agree and it's one and then two through six is a little behind, but they're still very, very definitive. Right. Um, guys on the outside between us, because welcome to the first list where um, Tyler gets to gets to just to rein in Mr. Freightown a little bit. But <laughs> but guys getting votes, but just on the outside we have Kirby Joseph, Tyler Linderbaum, Braxton Jones, and Jamari Sailor. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, number ten. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're we're dead nuts on this one. Drake London. Yeah. Uh, number nine, I had him on the outside, but um, your vote put him a little higher. Was is Martin Emerson? Well, Martin Emerson has been the best corner for the Cleveland Browns this year, um, and that's he has. he's he's been better than than any other corner they have, which is saying something given the the caliber of corners that they have over there with Greedy Williams and uh, I forget the other guy's name. He, he's a, been he's their star uh, corner. Oh, yeah, the Pro Bowler. Um, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we we haven't talked about him forever, but he's a pro. I know. Um, yeah, so it's gonna drive me nuts. But but Martin Ever- Emerson has been the guy. I put him at eight on my list. I I, I agree. Martin Emerson. PFF, he's not been fabulous. He's been okay. Martin Emerson, according to Pro Football Focus, he's got a seventy three point two PFF grade. Another drop in the sixties. Seventy six point two coverage. I mean, he's he's having a good year. Um, a very very good year. Before this week, he had a seventy three point two PFF grade. Before Denzel Ward. What was that? Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward, that's the guy. Um, but Martin Emerson, he's been better than Denzel Ward. When we're talking about being better than Denzel Ward, I'm going, mm. yeah. But I'm also, oh, sure. but Martin Emerson also, before this week, I mean, he was talking about a 75, 76 PFF grade. It went down a little bit this past week because they did have a really rough game. But, you know, he's been really good. And every week, according to PFF, and every outlet that you're reading about, he's always getting mentioned as one of the defensive rookies of the year. So, I mean, he's got to be in the discussion. We got to be talking about him, right? Sure. I, I agree. Yeah, you're not going to get any argument from me. Either. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, 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 he's been on this list almost every week. Yeah. Yeah. He's been, he's hanging on to the bottom, but he's been hanging on. Number eight, Tarek Woolen. Talked about him earlier. Um, He's been a stud. Yeah. Yep. Great for Our- the Seahawks. I've got him below Emerson on mine because of the fact that his grades did drop a little bit after this last week. Uh, he had a rough, rough showing against the Bucks, but he does have a 71 PFF grade, 70 coverage grade, 60, 63.7 run defense. Um, the run defense could use some work, but ultimately Tariq Woolen has been a stud. And and again, Seattle kind of hit the corner lottery here. Number seven, Garrett Wilson. Yeah, Garrett Wilson. Oh boy, uh, seventy. It's been an up and down trend for him, but he's yeah, he, he had a good year. He is he is the next Tyler Lockett, and in that and yeah, I, probably I he's the next Tyler Lockett where he hits 
you know, he has like four or five great, amazing, incredible games every year. And then the rest of his games are just kind of meh. And, and that's kind of where he's trending. At one point, he was as high as three on this list. And then he's come down. Uh, I think actually he was as high as two on this list. And then he came well, down. This guy, like, you look at London. London was, I, I remember at one point, he, London was one. Yeah, he was number one. So, I mean, and, and you see how those guys have both come back down to earth. And and you see what other receiver is actually higher on this list. We'll be talking about him shortly. But ultimately, you know, like you said, Garrett Wilson has been very up and down, and we're in that boat here. I, I think that's why he's a little bit lower on this list. But he actually came up a little bit because he had a good game recently. Number six, Kenneth Walker. A little lower than I had him. Uh, he had a this... bad week this week. Uh, I had him at four. Uh, he winds up at six. He had a bad week this week. I mean, that's just what it is. He had an awful game versus the Bucks. He managed just 70, 17 carries or 17 uh, yards on, on you know, the 10 carries at 1.7 uh, yards per carry. But Kenneth Walker is a stud, and I think everybody's kind of discounting him a little bit. Um, people aren't talking about him enough. He deserves more credit. Um, do I think he's as good as Damian Pierce? I think he's better, but I do think Damian Pierce has the the love of Lovey Smith where Levy Smith is a very power run oriented type of guy. And you have Pete Carroll over there that has a very balanced attack. So Kenneth Walker isn't like benefiting as much as Damian Pierce is, but I like Kyle or uh, uh, Kenneth Walker a lot. I think he's going to be a stud and, and I think he's going to wind up uh, being a long-term running back here for the Seattle Seahawks uh, uh, as a like top 10 guy. And it's fun. It's funny. You have that, that little, uh, Little little mix up on the names there because number five is Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Hamilton, you know he. I I said it on this show on several occasions. We nope. said on draft night. Yeah, I'm pissed off that that Kyle Hamilton wasn't picked. I did. I said it draft night too, didn't I? Uh, kind of. I thought Kyle Hamilton was the best safety out of this draft. I thought Kyle Hamilton was a stud. I think Kyle Hamilton is a a the face of uh, consistency. When it comes to playing safety, PFF grades, listen to this, 81.5 PFF grade, 71.1 run defense, 71.6 pass rush, 80.5 coverage grade. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. That is the most well-rounded safety in football, period. And he was supposed to go top 10. Yep. And Ravens get him at, I believe it was 16. Uh, 14. 14. Even still, like Ravens get an absolute steal there, yeah. and we called on draft night, and here we are. We're talking about him consistently on this list, from from what I've been paying attention. Yep, he's always been around the five or six mark. I think he got as high as four once, but but he's consistently been on this list, um, and he's he's on his way to climbing here if if things continue the way that they're continuing for the guys that are above him. We're talking about a guy, and there's one guy that, that he's competing with. We're, we're talking about a guy who's definitely competing for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, but on that note, number four is Jack Jones. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a hard one to top. Talk about corner lottery. Yeah, another corner lottery kind of guy. New England seems to consistently do that. 86.9 PFF grade, 90.4 coverage grade. He's on the bye this week, so we didn't really get anything special out of him, but uh, Jack Jones, he, not only did he was he shutting guys down one week, uh, he was talking shit while he was doing it. <laughs> I mean, it was it was it was impressive to watch. Uh, he's fun to watch. He's he's a great corner, and they got him. I think he was third or fourth round guy. 
Um, just flew under the radar for the Patriots. They get a stud corner. Uh, yeah, I like him a lot. I think he belong he belongs on this list, and I think he's probably going to remain on this list for the rest of the year. Um, number three, I'm going to call it number three and number two here, because this is one place where me and you differed, but it just happened to be just a flip-flop of two. Mm-hmm. But I left the number two in place just because of where you had him last week. But Damian Pierce at three, you had him at three, I had him at two. Okay. Um, Damian Pierce is a great running back. I think he's going to be something extremely special in this league for the long term. The problem for Damian Pierce is that he just plays on a really shitty team. That's, that's all it is. It's a dumpster fire down there. Yeah. And that's what it is. And Damian Pierce, I think is, is going to wind up being a top five running back in this league moving forward. Um, I think he's a stud. I did say (laughs) in my bold predictions that I thought he was going to finish over a thousand this year. And I thought Kenneth Walker was going to finish over a thousand this year. Right now, I think they're on their way. But uh, Damian Pierce has been great since week three when he took over the starting job. And, da- and Damian Pierce is sixth in the league. Right. Uh, 88.4 PFF grade, 89.6 rushing grade. He had a decent Averaging 4.7 a carry. He's at 700 yards as is. Yeah. And, and Kenneth Walker, I just want to point out, even though his obviously his yards per carry have dropped after last week, um, he was averaging. And that's why Walker was above him at one point was because Kenneth Walker actually was uh, I think it was 5.8 yards per carry last week. So we were talking about a ridiculous. He's, he's still averaging more than Pierce. Yeah, and that's something that that I thought uh, really stood out to me uh, was Kenneth Walker's yards per carry. But ultimately, uh, Damian Pierce did surpass him on my list. 88.4 PFF grade, 89.6 rushing game. I mean, it, it's it's pretty impressive. I think Damian Pierce is a special talent. But then on that note. Uh, Chris Olave, which you had at two, I had at three. Yeah, um, Olave, eighty point six PFF grade, eighty one point eight rushing. Uh, I'm sorry, receiving grade. He had just three receptions for forty yards. But to be honest with you, I feel like bad quarterback play is the answer here. Andy Dalton is just so fucking bad, and he's still winding to winding up pulling things out of his hat and and winding up with seventy yards here and eighty yards there. The one thing that Chris Olave lacks right now is touchdown production. I think that's what he needs. If he gets some touchdowns, now we're talking about one of the best rookies in the game. Um, and and I think Chris Olave can develop into a star. I, I I really believe he's on his way into developing into a true star NFL talent that is like, like the man. I think he's on his way to being the man in New Orleans. Uh, he's a special player, and and not enough people are are excited about him. You get him a good quarterback. You go get him a good QB. We're having a different conversation about Chris Olave. I, I really believe that. Agreed. And number one, to nobody's surprise, who's the one on both of our list, Lewis Seen. I'm sorry. I mean, Sauce Gardner. Yeah, Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Uh, 86.1 PFF grade. He had an 87.8 coverage grade, 68.7 pass rush, 68.7 run defense. He was on the bye week this past week. He has not only been one of the best rookies in the game, he has been one of the best corners in all of football. That's just the period end on that. Yes. Uh, Alex has got, given him the comparison of, of the second Revis coming. Island. Yeah, second coming of Revis Island. Um, I think that's kind of headed. I think he's one of, one of, if not the best corner in football. He is that good. And uh, eat your heart out to all those people that like Derek Stingler. That's a Stingley. That's looking at you, Tyler. Uh, but Stingley... Uh, has been garbage, and Ahmad Sauce Gardner has been something special. So uh, 
Ahmad Sauce Gardner tops the rookie rankings. And we've got one more piece of business here, Tyler. We've got yeah. one more big piece of business. And uh, that is our predictions for the uh, upcoming week here. Week 11. Yeah, this is, a, this is a big piece. This is uh, who's winning? Oh, oh, okay. We're going to go that route. Actually, <laughs> you talk about like who's winning. You know you've won this for the last two years, right? I've never lost. Yeah, yeah, I think it's the last three now. Actually, I, I've, I've never, never. Yeah, I've not, I've not lost. Yeah. So the playoffs always you you always catch up in the playoffs because I do stupid shit in the playoffs apparently. But I, I usually have such a, the problem is I usually have such an astronomical lead at that point. It doesn't matter. But I'm I the lead's low, but I'm still doing my yeah. thing. Right now, as it stands, Tyler, you're ninety four fifty five and one. I am in second, ninety two fifty seven and one. Alex is in third, eighty nine sixty and one. And Andrew is sitting at 8267 and one. Um, so we are, and, and I actually got had the question posed, who's Andrew? Andrew is Alex's brother. You know, yeah. just so everybody knows, Alex's uh, twin brother, Andrew, he's one of our best friends. We love him so much. And I'm so excited that he sends us his picks every week. The so, best uh, part about Andrew is um, we'll, we'll, we'll post in the exact group chat, like this different news and shit going on. Like a week later, Andrew would go like, hey, did you hear about this? Like, uh, that yeah, was like a week and a half ago. And then we always, and then we, and, and then Scott always responds with, Hey, is Derek Henry still on the board? Well, Which, well and, and that's it. Alex. We always talk about, Hey, is Derek Henry still on the board? Cause Alex always forgets uh, who's being drafted or doesn't mark down who's being drafted I, in the fantasy league. I was at home. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Next year I'm going to be there in person. So I'll be, I'll be a little more attentive. Well, does, does being there in person stop you from dropping uh, DJ Moore and Najee Harris? Oh, um, ouch. probably not. Ouch. <laughs> ouch. Yeah. That is that is true. <laughs> yeah. So one game that we did have already happen on Thursday night. We all selected the Titans. Uh and and it was uh Titans across the board. Titans did beat the Packers on Thursday night football 27-17. Yeah, they're just toast. Yeah, so hooray for the Titans. We all got that one correct. Bing. But next up we uh are gonna go into our predictions. Tyler, are you ready? Alex, are you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. Tyler, you ready? Let's do it. All right. Here are our predictions for week 11 in the NFL, starting out with the Bears and the Falcons. The Bears, uh, you know, coming off of a, kind of a tough game. The Falcons, you know, not figuring out the run game. I think Arthur Smith is kind of fucking stupid. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Falcons here. Um, even though Justin Fields is is kind of an anomaly right now, I'm going to go ahead and go with that. I have chosen the Chicago Bears uh, because of the fact that, again, you know, you got a dumb coach in charge of the Atlanta Falcons, and they're still trying to find their identity. I mean, it, this might be a toothless lion dead zebra situation, but uh, yeah, I'm picking the Bears. Dialogue. I'm going with the Bears. The Bears. Uh, Tyler takes the Bears in that situation. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I just somehow I think there's going to be a little more passing going on. That Bears defense is just bad. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got the Eagles and the Colts. I think there's no I'm going with the Eagles. Fly, Eagles fly. Eagles all day long. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, Eagles. Uh, next up, we got the Jets and the Patriots. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Jets here. I, I just think the Patriots are 
kind of having that quarterback controversy bite them, and in spite of the fact that they have a really good defense, I think the Jets are ready to rock and roll and go with the Jets. J-E-T-S. Jets. Jets, Jets. Yeah. Is that what that spells? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, well, plus sauce. Yeah, yeah. Tyler, what do you got? Oh, Jets all day. Jets all day. Uh, next up, we're talking Commanders and the Texans. Kind of a shit bowl, I guess. Um, I'm actually going to go with the Commanders here. Uh, I, I like the, the Texans, and I like Damian Pierce, but I think the Commanders are going to have command of this situation. I'm going with Commanders. That's bad. Yeah, you like that? I do. No. Oscar Wilde, like, work, play like that. How could you say no? Yeah, listen, well, I'm not <laughs> saying no here either. Commanders. Tyler, uh, you got c- Commanders here. I... I... Texans are a dumpster fire. Commanders are at least decent right now. I, I think they figure it out. Yeah. Next up, Rams and the Saints. Uh, you know, this is kind of also a dumpster fire type situation. Matt Stafford might be returning in this game. But I don't know. No Cooper Cup. Eh, questions. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Saints here. I think that Saints defense is going to tear them up. I will go on with the New Orleans Saints as well. Like you like said, that the Rams are toast. Yeah. They're done. You know, it feels wild that we're talking about a situation where we're doing we're picking the Saints as a clean sweep here. <laughs> <laughs> Over the Super Bowl champions. So Saints across the board. Next up we got the Bills and the Browns, live from Fort Field. Uh, yeah, I think even in spite of the fact that the Bills haven't got the full week of practice and whatnot, I think it's Bills all day. So I'm going with Buffalo. They're still smart from that. Well, so, uh, two losses in a row. Yeah, yeah. Browns are in trouble. Oh, the Browns are getting Browns are going to get roasted. Yeah. Uh, next up, Panthers and Ravens. So we got Bills across the board. Panthers and Ravens. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Ravens. Uh, I think that's kind of a no-brainer. Um, yeah, Ravens on day. Yeah. Baker Mayfield gets a, a welcome back to the AFC North for the day. And yeah. gets smacked. From the hell. Uh, yep, yep. Next up, we got Lions and Giants. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with the Giants. And actually, I think uh, Danny Dimes going to have himself a big game, but Saquon's going to have himself a bigger game. I'm going with Giants. I, I agree with you on that note. I mean, you know, the Detroit defense is nothing home right about. That said, I am going to go with, I got to catch up somehow. The Detroit Football Lions with the upset special. Three in a row for the Lions from Alex. Yikes. Yeah, I mean, it, it falls. <laughs> Yikes. I mean, you know, but think about this. The Lions are 2-0 and since, I forget that there was some cornball skit where I think Peyton Manning and some, or somebody, you know, like tried to quote-unquote end the curse of, uh, of Night Train Lane. Yeah, Night Train Lane. Yeah, Night Train Lane. Yeah, Night Train Lane. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. And the Lions are 2-0. <laughs> What's going on here? But, you know, i got to catch up somehow, so I'll just pick the Lions. There you go. Tyler. I have no reason to to um to um, reinvent the wheel here. Um, don't make risks you don't need to. Um, I'm taking the Giants. I'm going to throw a bold fiction out that the record could be in jeopardy. Which record? Saquon, say gone going for the single game rush record against a historically bad defense. Oh my good lord. Oh good lord. He's gonna get it? He's gonna get it. 298. Oh Jesus Christ. Could you imagine? 
I mean, I, I don't doubt it. <laughs> the problem is with that record and what it requires, it requires a couple like breakaway runs. It does. And he's, he's got to tear off for like two like, yeah. yeah. And he's got to do it early. Gonna have to do it and, and get the rock cannon to him 30 times, which there's no reason not to. This is a right. bad defense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you run the football, you win the game. Yep. Well, I gotta say, yeah, if you run it well. Yeah, well. Next up, speaking of running the ball well, two teams that, or one team that has a trouble, has trouble doing it is the Broncos. They're taking on the Raiders at 405. And th- this should have been a game of the week type game. Yeah, should have been. We thought about it, like, oh yeah, like at the beginning of the season, if you saw that this game would be game of the week situation. Right now, it's going to be like worst game of the week yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah, shitball. Which team's going to suck worse? Uh, in my opinion, I think the Raiders are more of a dumpster fire than the Broncos. Surprise. But I am going with the Denver Broncos. Uh, that said, uh, here's another bold prediction. Uh, Russ Wilson doesn't cook that well, throws two picks, and throws for less than 100 yards. Yikes. Wow. Wow. Balls. Well, if Alice is right, you, you, you can put him on the on number one on the forget, forgetful five right now. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yep. Tyler, uh, who you got? Uh, see... Wait, what? Oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm confused. So you're t- taking the Broncos, but you think Russell Wilson does under 100 yards? That running game, he thinks the running game is going to go off. Okay. okay. I'm not going to ask. Better than the most I'm not going to ask. It's like it's the opposite of Booger right now. <laughs> Thanks, um, thanks. <laughs> I, I, I'm taking the Raiders. I, uh, I, I, I think I, the Raiders are the better team. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I, I think the Raiders are the better team. Um, I think Devontae Adams is going to have some fun in this game for once. Um, I'm going with the Raiders, and I think, uh, you know, those, you know they're going to try their hardest to wipe those tears away, and uh, that's kind of what, what we're going to see. Uh, next up, Vikings and the Cowboys. Uh, God. Cowboys coming off a tough loss to the Packers. Vikings coming off the exciting win against the Bills. Kirk Cousins played his best football at the end of that Bills game. I hope it carries over. I'm going with the Vikings. I went with the Dallas Cowboys. It's going to be close. It's, it may be another game of the week situation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I think that there's just something in the air uh, with Dak and CeeDee Lamb. And Mike McCarthy's kicking himself for not taking those points. Against the Packers, I bit him in the ass real hard. So uh, I think he's going to try to redeem himself this week. I'm I'm doing Vikings in a in a in a close game. Yeah, I think it's going to be tight, but uh, I think the Vikings pull that one out. Another tight one for the Vikings. Uh, next up, Bengals and Steelers. I'm going with the Bengals here. I think the Bengals are starting to play good ball. This is going to be one of the few games moving on into the second half of the season that they're going to have an opportunity to win. I'm going ahead and going with the Bengals. Bengals, Joe Cool does it. Yeah, Bengals win in in what could be their last win of the season. Yeah, oh. it's it's going to be a, a rough, tough sledding for them. It's it's, the it's not fabulous. No, like uh, just looking look, just looking at here. Yeah, it's it's uh, after that it's Titans, Chiefs, Browns with Watson, Bucks, Pats, 
Bills, Ravens. Right. Holy shit. Fuck. Yeah, you're the one I forgot to leave the AFC in the last couple of games. Yeah, painful. Painful. Uh, next up, looking at the Chiefs and the Chargers. Uh, you know, Chargers haven't been playing great ball. I don't know if their receivers are going to be back. I'm not going to risk it. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, I'm doing the same thing. I, I think Chargers are still a good team, but right now is not the time to face the Chiefs. Yeah, and, and, and especially with all the, the the questions at the receiver position. Once the receivers get back, we're having a different conversation. But, you know, we have questions at the receiver position, Chiefs. And last but not least, we're talking about the Niners and the Cardinals. Um, you know, Cardinals are kind of having a rough go. They got a good win. I don't know if Kyler Murray's going to be back. I don't know if he's been cleared yet. Uh, he's listed as questionable going in. We may see Colt McCoy. I don't know. I'm going ahead with the Niners here. I just feel like it's just a risky situation going with the Cardinals. I am going with the upset special with the Arizona Cardinals. Wow. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, if Colt McCoy does start, you know, he, he, he did see he was a high-end backup, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, who knows uh, if, if Kyler Murray, you know, gets, gets back on the field, you know, because as we talked about, the San Francisco 49ers defense, you know, kind of has a little, it's kind of iffy, yep. like you mentioned, and, you know, as if, if, there's, if, if the 49ers star players can stay healthy, if we're having a different conversation. But I got to catch up somehow, some way, and I'm going with Cardinals. Yep, Tyler, who you got? Uh, I'm I'm going 49ers here. Um, but I'm gonna do something here. Oh what? <sighs> fuck it, fuck it. I know I say um, if you're in the lead, you shouldn't take risks, but I'm thinking about the fact that the Chiefs also have question marks at receiver too. Uh-huh. I'm taking Chargers. Oh, ho, ho, ho. That's not a bad pick. Oh boy. I think I think I think Eckler runs wild, and I yeah. I think um Kelsey with there being nobody left is gonna get shut down. Ufa. We're gonna we're gonna see Chargers on Tyler's team here. So uh, that is our and those are our predictions for Week 11 in the NFL. Now um, just want to give a quick shout out, folks. Before we take off here to uh, IYT Massage, it's your time, Massage. Over at IYTMassage.com, you can check out all of the specials and whatnot at It's Your Time Massage. Tyler, have you gotten a fucking massage yet? I have not. Get a goddamn massage, Tyler. You could probably use one. Uh, Amanda's I'm busy. One- I've not even been able to make, 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 a, make a podcast, let alone a massage. Yeah. <laughs> Amanda's a wonderful massage therapist. She does tremendous work. And check it out, IYTMassage.com, or you can check her out on Facebook at It's Your Time Massage. Yeah, what are you yelling at here? Is it, has Alex gotten a massage? Yeah, Alex. Yeah, Alex needs a massage, too. Uh, everybody I know should just be over here getting massages from IYTMassage.com. But uh, It's Your Time Massage. Check it out. It's a great, great situation. I love getting a massage. So uh, especially us wrestlers, oh, my God, we need them. So check it out. Uh, also, face kicked apparel. Uh, if you need any custom hats, hoodies, pants, shirts, you name it, you pick it, he sticks it at uh, facekickedapparel.com. Sean Stockmeyer's wonderful wife. They are tremendous. Check it out, facekickedapparel.com. Also, want to give a, a shout out to uh, our boy Alex over here, Alex's uh, Condor's Gaming Corner. So uh, we're we're going strong with the voice acting uh, sessions. Yep. Uh, we 
haven't streamed uh, this uh, latest episode this week, uh, but tune in. I believe we're going to go back, get back on track this coming Wednesday uh, for episode three of uh, Phoenix Wright uh, Trials and Tribulations. Uh, the episode is called Recipe for Turnabout. Uh, we're going to be, I'm kind of excited, to, I'm very excited to present it. You know, my brother, you know, like, uh, scouts these things ahead of time to try to figure out, uh, you know, the best plan of attack, so to speak, uh, on how to present the to present the product. So, uh, yeah, so check it out. You know, and while we're on the subject of gaming, uh, we got a shout out. We got to give a shout out to Big Willie Dubs. Yep, Big Willie Dubs Gaming. Uh, our boy Will, uh, he's, he's, uh, a, <laughs> Tyler says he's not checking it out. I just get this message from him, not checking it out. You're lost, bro. What an asshole. But, <laughs> uh, Warzone 2 or bust. Oh, Jesus. Well, speaking of Warzone 2, uh, Big Willie Dubs Gaming, he's doing a lot of Warzone stuff right now. Uh, Big Will, uh, Big Will, man, he he does some awesome stuff over there as well. Um, very exciting. Warzone 2, he's killing it. And uh, check it out at uh, Big Willie Dubs Gaming. Also, you see, you, you're just a little asshole. You are. You're a little asshole. He's a pot stirrer. I just need to start streaming because I, I, I'm, I'm the Warzone king right now. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about starting a streaming too, but I'm going to do a lot of retro stuff. But that, I digress. We'll talk about that at a later time. But um, last but not least, Patch Miracle Photography. I want to give a shout out to them. Uh, you know, if you're looking for any type of pictures, if you're looking for graduation picture, Patch Miracle Photography. If you're looking for wedding picture, Patch Miracle Photography. If you're looking for your engagement photos, Patch Miracle Photography. If you're looking for baby photos, if you're looking for uh, uh, maternity photos. If you're looking for engagement photos, if you're looking for that uh, do it to do a sexy boudoir shoot for that special someone in your life, Patch Miracle Photography. Every time, check them out. Uh, you know, Tyler, you we got to meet uh, Andrew, his wonderful wife Chantel, over at my um, my wedding. You guys, we got we all got to share a cigar with them. They made our special day even more special. I highly recommend it. Patch Miracle Photography. More, more than just your special day, though. Like, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure that you, you've uh, paid off their house. Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> for, for every type of photos, I mean, we, we, that we did the baby six month photos last week. It was, it was awesome. These guys are, are, are incredible. Um, the photos are so professional and they're so high quality. Uh, if you're looking no, for, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're gonna reach out to them here to do a family pictures here at some point. But I'm, I'm not gonna do every, every um photo under the sun that you guys have done, but. <laughs> hey man, a, a, a photo can last forever. Oh, and we got it. We got to do the uh, the uh, four month, three weeks, and two days and five hours pictures. <laughs> hey, look, it's not my decision here. Okay, <laughs> you got to understand that. I she's the oh, boss. I, I know. Okay, we've made that but clear. But I'm still gonna make fun of you for it. Yeah, but, hey, that's okay. But Patch Miracle Photography, check them out. They are amazing. They do great work. And, uh, you know, if you're looking for any type of pictures, oh, my God, I can't get over how great the quality of those pictures are. Patch Miracle Photography, have a, have a look. And, uh, fellas, Scott, we're, co we're coming up on seven years here in February. You want, you want to do seven-year pictures together? Our seven-year pictures? Only if we can do a boudoir shoot, Tyler. It's the only way we're doing it. <laughs> But, uh, folks, I want to thank you so much for listening. That's our show. Uh, Tyler, it's so glad. I'm so glad to have you back. It's so good to have you back. Alex, it's good to have you here. Obviously, I'm glad you, you were able to. Yeah. Watch the ratings go rising up now. You're welcome. What's rising up? The ratings. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> uh, Alex, I, I, you drove through a snowstorm while recording with us, Tyler. You know, you you've been gone for eight weeks or a month and a half or however long. You're back now. It's exciting. I'm excited. It's going to be a great time here on the Outside Blitz for the rest of the season. Uh, week eleven is around the corner tomorrow. So, folks, I want to thank you so much for listening. Tyler, welcome back. Alex, welcome to the show. And welcome back. Well, welcome to the show again. And yeah, all that good stuff. And we're going to go ahead and uh, have ourselves some beers here in a minute here. But, folks, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. Ciao. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz. And be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz. And feel free to email us questions at the outside blitz at gmail.com.